Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week for Kurt Russell Appreciation Month, we're doing a quote, ridiculous, unquote, early movies. Specifically, the computer wore tennis shoes and the barefoot executive. I guess he grew out of his tennis shoes. For more info, check out The Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Got cold now? Oh, yeah. That sucks. It really does. I've been sick more times in the last six months than I've been in the last six years combined. It's fucking wild. Did I see that they're doing, like, a prequel to Pet Cemetery on there? Uh, I saw something that they're doing some Pet Cemetery thing and I could completely ignored it because that's a horrible idea. All, all like I can imagine is a... the remake from what I could gather and I'm like, no, don't buy. Yeah. I understand what a prequel would be, but instead I'm going to imagine that it's just a bunch of people living with their pets that haven't died yet. <laughs> it's just, just, it's just, it's just like a normal ass. series every week is just a different guy sitting on the couch with his dog just like <laughs> I hope you're here forever and yeah. there's like really a voiceover that goes buddy won't be <laughs> buddy wouldn't be because sometimes dad is better <laughs> oh. 10 years later his mom will die in a car accident <laughs> it's a big twist in the season finale where the human dies instead of the pet. <laughs> it's, just da, da, da. Some, it's just some cat bearing it like a turd in the pet cemetery. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> just lays on the grave and takes a bath. All right. Turns out that was yeah. a better idea than I thought it was going to be because I thought that was a stupid idea to do a free fold <laughs> the pet cemetery, but now I'm all in. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I saw they're doing that, and then there's some other Stephen King property that, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know. I don't know. There's so much Stephen King shit flying around now, you can't even hardly keep up with it. Yeah, no. I don't know. I can't decide if it's good or bad. Well, take in all that money, Stevie, because I know he uh, he's really good about donating to charity. So yeah, he'll uh, he'll help fund a lot of stuff with that with that money. So. My only problem is it seems like about 75% of the Stephen King stuff that's translated to film turns out to be shit. Mm-hmm. But the 25% that doesn't usually ends up being pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, since you have HBO Max, you should watch Outsider. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that was on there. Yep. Like I said, you're going to have crisis of multiple hollies, but it'll be all right. <laughs> Curse you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Sounds horrible, Noah. Who have you been around that's been sick lately? I don't know. I'm at home all the time. (laughs) And Char wasn't sick before me, so, I mean, it has to be me who picked it up somewhere. I mean, I go to the fucking grocery store once every two weeks. Some fucking asshole sneezed on an apple or some shit. (laughs) Nah, that sucks. That's been the good thing about uh, lockdown for me since September. I haven't gotten sick once. Of course, now that I say that, I'm going to come down with something horrible, probably. Got the HPV. (laughs) (laughs) Where the fuck did that come from? I think it's because I watch. I've been watching the Harley Quinn cartoon, and there's a running HPV joke. <laughs> oh yeah, there is. That cartoon is way better than it should be. Oh my god, it's it's. it's we'll talk about it later, but it's a thing. It's its own thing. <laughs> uh, well, do you know who suffers a lot from HPV? <laughs> Kurt Russell, because he <laughs> fucked everything that's ever moved. College kids? Uh, it's, that's a much better transition. You did a better job than Noah Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm ranking your two attempts at transition. <laughs> I mean, we all have to accept the fact that Kurt Russell has every strain of HPV. He has all well, of them. Well, I, ha- I hated to bring this up, but since we're talking about it. So I was looking for pictures of him. To uh, make like a little banner, you know, like Kurt Russell month, sort of like we did with, or I did with uh, Slater September. But I couldn't really find anything good. But when I was looking through pictures, there were pictures of him with just out and about with cold sores and not just cold sores, but his like entire lip (laughs) looked like it was infested with like a chest burster or something. That's all right. I'm saying pe- people get them, but this was almost like he might have leprosy type <laughs> type of pictures. Well, that's what that's what happens when once again you have every strain, you have every strain herpes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so we're kicking off as as much as we're talking a bunch of shit about Kurt Russell. Apparently, <laughs> I'm not talking shit about him. I'm uh, saying that mathematically, it has to be true. <laughs> All right, Uh, let's move on from this. This is not supposed to be the topic of discussion this week. It's not, but... (laughs) Not that anyone's surprised right now, but... What? They're off topic? That's ridiculous. That's not what Uh, we do here, Doug. So we are... uh, We're going to be talking about Kurt Russell movies every week. Um... And we uh, put together a weird collection of stuff that I would say really only one of them has any real order or thought behind it. And that'll be the infamous uh, eye patch week, which Doug is super excited about. Everyone's excited for eye patch week. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so we decided to start off with some of his uh, early Disney movies, because why not? Um. I don't know. Noah, do you want to start off telling us about the computer war tennis shoes? Oh, Jesus. You picked the wrong person. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> or, or do you want to do the other one? So there's a, t- there's a terrible theme song, and then you've got Kurt Russell as a college student who's 
popular but pseudo dumb i guess is the whole point and then they talk a rich guy into giving the school his computer because the uh, suits upstairs don't want to pay for a computer because that shit's never going to take off in the future. It's just <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's a fad. Yeah, it is a giant. I love the fact that it is one of the, it's like a giant computer that takes up an entire fucking room and costs $10,000 yeah. and that piece of shit couldn't do what my phone can do. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh during class, something breaks. He goes and tries to be nice to go get the spare part, also to avoid studying, and yet decides to study by sticking post-its to the inside of the fucking windows while he's driving. Yeah, the studying while driving scene made me very nervous. I'm like, this movie's a bad influence on young children. Yeah, I was going to say, is he going to die and they're going to put a computer in him? But that's, that's what not I thought what was happened. coming. I for sure thought that's what was coming. It was like, the, what was that? Rob Schneider movie where he crashes and wakes up with all the animal parts in him? I thought it was going to be that scenario. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing, Rob sounds, Schneider month? I, I, didn't, I didn't think you could fucking put an idea in my head that'd make this movie sound worse, but nah, that doesn't. <laughs> uh, so he gets the part, he goes back to the lab, he tries to install it, but instead he's all wet and grabs two... Uh, I don't know diodes from a fucking uh, what do they call it the the e meter from Scientology for some reason. It's, it's it looks really not an accurate portrayal of our computer. It looks like the cables from Back to the Future while Doc Brown's trying to put them together. Right, uh, and somehow he gets electrocuted while this is happening, and he uh, gets filled up with computer stuff. Yep. Um, and, and by that, I don't mean like he absorbs the information from the computer and and absorbs the ability to compute like a computer, although he does. I mean, he literally apparently is filled with computer parts for some reason. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fucking really dumb. made me laugh out loud a number of times, but never when it was trying to. <laughs> right. So the first... The first 30 minutes of this movie is basically everybody just jazzing on how cool it is that he can, like, answer questions. Which is very, very exciting <laughs> that he knows the answer <laughs> to questions. Uh, and then the second, the second 30 minutes is his friends being sad that now that he has his amazing computer powers... Uh, he's not spending as much time with them because, you know, people need him to do dumb shit instead of, like, fix every problem in the world with his amazing computer brain. No, he just goes on TV and stuff. Right, right. Because parades. Which is depressing that that's probably the most accurate part of this whole fucking movie. Yeah, that's the part of the movie where I'm like, yeah, this is how they handle that. And then the third part of the movie is, of course, we find out that that computer also held information uh, dealing with the guy, the previous owner of the computer's uh, criminal activities, his underground gambling parlors and various other dumb fucking nefarious shit. You keep, calling, you keep, gambling. You keep calling him the guy, but I mean, just it's say Caesar what it is. Just say that it's, it's the Joker. It's the Joker. It's Joker. <laughs> yeah, look. 
we're glossing over the fact that this is clearly set in the Batman 66 universe. Okay. But for season. Is, it, is this a prequel to, to, to uh, Batman 66? Stop it. No, stop. it's a sequel. Stop prequel. associating this movie with my beloved Batman 66. <laughs> this is clearly a sequel. This is what Joker did after he left. He's just undercover, which is why oh. it's just like in Batman 89 when he put the skin toned paint over top of the white. That's what this Joker has done here oh. as well. That's where Brooklyn got the idea. Because he kept getting sprayed with paint, so I thought maybe this is what gave him the idea. Like, oh. Should paint my face, become a become a criminal. I gotta tell you, I came up with the joke about this being set in the Batman sixty six universe mm-hmm. when I was with, like in the boring first half of this movie, and then that car chase scene where they're throwing paint at that motherfucker for twenty <laughs> minutes at the end. I'm like, of course this is set in the Batman sixty six universe. <laughs> I'm I'm now convinced that my plot description is the accurate one. Yeah, so all that stuff happens. To be honest with you guys. I fucking hate this movie. I fucking hate every fucking second of this goddamn movie. Your plot from that, that is the plot description. So, so they do a bunch of shit, and then he joins like Scholastic Bowl and <laughs> helps them win Scholastic Bowl. They there's a bunch of weird kidnapping, and they're painting a house in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. I checked out for the last third of this movie. I'm going to be honest. Well, is it was so. That's it was so fucking part. bad that I just the, didn't. I could not give a fuck okay, anymore. The, the, the it gets really the dark. Movie, yeah, the good part is when when Joker decides to kill Kurt Russell's character. Yeah, he's gonna kill him. He's, he's got him holed up in a house, and the buddies are all just trying to find a way to get him out of there because they don't know how to explain to the police that the Joker has come to town and has kidnapped their superhero friend. Yeah, so that all happens, and and then he he becomes dumb again, and then everyone lives happily ever after because he's dumb now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't just, say it, if he still has computer parts inside him or not, though. It's not clear. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm assuming his uh, body just digests those over time. Well, I was gonna say it turns into like a really weird Cronenberg uh, movie in the second part, where his body his body is just rejecting these computer parts, and metal <laughs> metal just starts coming out of his skin and stuff. Spoilers for the unproduced sequel. We're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> well, they yeah. do have. I actually made two sequels to this movie. We oh, fucked really? up. We fucked up. We should have done one of the sequels. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? That's that's terrible. That's terrible that there's more of this. Yeah. <laughs> I I hate this movie. I hate this movie from the second the credits start until this movie is over. I was I was thinking of you know when that theme song was playing, I was thinking this is a fucking terrible theme song, and I know how Noah loves to talk about how he loves theme songs, so I'm gonna ask him how much he loves this theme song. I really do love movies with theme songs. It's just terrible, and it's oh man, it's so fucking it's so bad. How about this? They, I'm pretty sure they wrote that song without having seen the movie, and then changed the title of the movie to fit the song. Because guess what? Motherfucker does not wear tennis shoes in this movie. I watched yep. his feet the whole not fucking once. movie. He never wears tennis shoes. Not once. It's one of the trivia so, bits. What's going on? Why is that? Like, I think they just had to change it because they're like, that's the only song we have that's close. So Now, Noah, you did not enjoy this version of the computer wore tennis shoes. Maybe the 1995 remake starring one Kirk Cameron would be more your speed. Fuck me. That sounds worse. (laughs) How could they have done it worse? 
I, I mean, Kurt fucking Russell couldn't save this movie for me, and I love Kurt Russell so fucking much. And and I saw him pop up, and I was like, oh Jesus, baby Kurt Russell! <laughs> Look at him and his in his weird, not square shaped face in this movie. The only time I did something happen to him between this and the other movie we watched, because by that point he had started developing the square face. <laughs> <laughs> called puberty I suppose although usually that affects your dick it doesn't make your jawbone <laughs> jut out no, it, hitting the gym a shit ton sure does it starts to change your facial structure yeah, um, well maybe that's it then so it sounds like Noah loved this movie uh, Doug what about you um yeah it's not good um it's here's the thing I don't this is the tail end of that weird old studio filmmaking thing that existed where like actors were like on retainer and they'd make a bunch of movies with the same actors and the same group of yeah. actors and they were just, like it was their day job it wasn't like they were being hired specifically for a role and yeah, we're gonna just, find we're gonna find that out <laughs> would yeah we're gonna find that out in the next movie half the just, cast came over for this yeah movie. <laughs> but and i just i just don't like that that era of filmmaking i don't I don't have an interest in seeing it. And the thing is, like, this movie is, like, it's dumb in the way that, like, 40s movies are dumb and 50s movies sometimes. But it's, like, I understood that they were still learning how to make movies back then. And I, you know, even if I can chuckle at a 40s movie for in its stupidity, I expect more from, like, what is this movie, like, 70s? 70. Oh, this was 69. 69? Yeah. (laughs) It's a good one. That's the best joke. Now, I, I do have to say, like, the movie takes a drastic turn like there's the first half is like oh look he gets famous for developing his superpowers and then he is ignoring his friends and i'm thinking okay this whole movie is going to be about him like going back to being a good guy and hanging out with his friends and i'm like okay it's a kid's movie that counts as a plot for a kid's movie like that makes enough sense. And then that hard turn happens where like all of a sudden this is about him battling the Joker and they're like, he's kidnapped. And at one point they have to put him in a, that's how he loses his powers at the end. Spoiler alert is his friends are trying to get him out of the house. So they put him in a fucking like a trunk and they toss the trunk out the window of a second story. Like he's fucking, uh, well, technically they don't put him in the trunk. Oh, sorry, the bad guys put him in the trunk, but the friends, yeah. instead of opening the trunk and letting him out, throw the trunk out the window so it falls down because he's fucking Emilio Estevez and Young Guns at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, nice. what is going on here? And it's the whole yeah. the whole thing with, like, the friends painting the house to to uh, try to get close and see where they, they can see where his friends are. They show up and just fake being a painting crew. And it's... This like nope. See, we got a work monster. order right here. The cartoon uh, monster well, calls they, they the frat house order. to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, that second half is much, much more enjoyable. And it, if the whole movie were more of that, more of like mm-hmm. more Batman '66, I think I can enjoy it more. But, Especially the discussion of like, well, boss says we got to get rid of him, so tomorrow morning we're gonna go dig a hole. And I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. It gets real dark, man. Yeah. It's like there's that while there where you're like, I don't know if it's like because this is a kids movie, I think. 
yeah. based on the, the color palette and the fact that it was produced by Disney and the era it came out in and everything. And I'm just like, but I don't know if a kids movie should have this much discussion of murder <laughs> and this, like not just murder, but like you're discussing murdering a guy openly in front of him. There's an inherent cruelty to that, that I think is just ignored in the movie. <laughs> we're like, we're going to kill you tomorrow. You sit here quietly in this room with nothing to do except think about the fact that tomorrow morning we're going to kill you and throw you in a hole. <laughs> the, the meanness of that is just unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, his friends William H. Bonnie him out of the house, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, one of his friends, played by Frank Welker, who's more famous for being a voice artist. Uh, specifically, he's played Fred from Scooby Doo forever. Um, now also does the Scooby voice. That's I was going to cool. say it was it was interesting that I recognize a bunch of the voices. I don't I don't know any of these actors' faces in this movie besides Kurt Russell. But lots and lots of the voices I was like, oh, these guys all did voices for Disney characters. Oh yeah. I'm sure also, like, again, uh, they had a stable of actors that they just you do what you're told that day. You go into work and get your shift assignment. Also uh debut screen debut uh debut performance? Uh whatever. Debut movie for uh, Ed Bagley Jr., who is not given credit in this movie. Oh, really? Who was he? He's the blonde uh, guy on the opposite Scholastic Bowl team. Oh, okay. Believe it or not, I didn't pay that much attention to the the opponents on the Scholastic Bowl. Yeah. Once again, by the time we got to that point, I just, I could not concentrate on this movie. Oh, that's that's fair. Like, I've, I've said that before about other movies it's like if the first half is the bad half it makes it a lot harder to appreciate the good half and that's and half is a strong word good 20 minutes at the end of this movie which is when when Joker's chasing them around and they're all driving like really fancy cars for some reason and throwing buckets of paint at each other uh, and then uh, one of one of uh, Kurt Russell's other friends is played by John Probst Provost I don't know. He's the kid from the original uh, Lassie series. Okay. Which I used to watch a lot because my uh, grandparents had Nickelodeon, er, you know, early on, and they used to rerun Lassie all the time. It's funny. He was just still locked under contract and couldn't get out. It's like, <laughs> but I'm famous now from the Lassie thing, and they're like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, he, he had aged out. Two hundred dollars a week. We expect you to stay here. Hey, you stop yeah. being cute, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, you'd be thankful yeah. we let you out of your chains to make this film. Yeah, you'd be happy that, uh, that you're playing someone who's almost age appropriate. Yeah. Uh I mean I don't know. Movie was fine. I'm not probably ever gonna watch it again, but it was, you know it it was nostalgic to kind of look back at the stuff that used to come out in the late 60s early 70s from disney their live action stuff that's the thing is like when i was a kid my parents used to try to convince me to watch these movies because mm-hmm. i think my brother who's a little older than i am would watch these movies when they came on tv when he was like very young and then by the time by the time in the 80s when my parents would try to watch this i'd be like no no no, no i don't want to sit through this stuff and it hasn't really changed, right? Like, I would have rather watched First yeah. Blood when I was six years old, and I'd still rather watch First Blood. So. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, my mom did that, too. She Because, you know, we lived in a small town. We had a video store, and I'm sure their kids' selection was probably 
pretty scarce depending on you know what they got in that week so i'm she ran a lot of these i think i i remember more enjoying like the disney version of swiss family robinson and uh yeah a couple of the shaggy dog movies but yeah i love the shaggy dog movies yeah never watched uh never really watched any of these there's a pretty solid rule with disney movies is you throw an animal in there, they tend to become a lot more enjoyable. So Stanley Robinson, they're riding around on emus and shit. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I liked a lot of the uh, shit like uh, bed knobs and broomsticks. And Oh, I love bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah, I bought it on stuff. Blu-ray. See, I, was, I was never really into those when I was a kid even, so watching these now is like a weird experience for me because there's no nostalgia factor to it whatsoever because I used to refuse to watch them when I was a small child. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of like those those surreal magic of youth movies. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how so I feel when I watch Monster Squad. So. Yeah. 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 Sort of in the vein of like Mary Poppins and stuff. Yeah. Like that's where I don't have an interest in those. Bed knobs and broomsticks kind of falls. Like it's you know, kids going on a weird magical adventure and. Real like live action stuff playing up against cartoons and stuff, yeah. which was always pretty awesome to watch, especially when you're younger. Yeah, more more specifically, kind of uh, bed knobs and broomsticks is almost in the vein of like uh, Narnian adventure. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah. a C.S. Lewis going to another world kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I was super into that whenever I was a kid. So and it has Nazis. And they're Nazis because, man, there's a lot of Disney movies with Nazis in them. Yeah, that was them trying to like cover up. They're like, "Look, we made the Nazis the bad guys in the movies. See, see, we did never support them. We made the Nazis the bad guys." <laughs> uh, so they did make two more movies. One called uh, "Now You See Me, Now You Don't," where I believe Kurt Russell becomes invisible. And is he playing the same character? Same character at the same college. He just, he just has a shit ton of bad luck. Like, yeah. I'm not going near that computer anymore. I'm going to go over here and oops. And uh, what was the other one called? I, I got to be honest. This this is one of the things that surprised me. I, I do not believe I was ever aware that Kurt Russell was one of the uh, child stars launched by Disney. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, knew, I, I always knew that. I'm a little surprised how good he is at doing the Disney child star thing. Yeah. Like, it, 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 the, in the way we talked, we talked about before um, Vincent Price being like a 50s actor, and then as he got older, he was able to transition into the more modern acting style. And like Kurt Russell, to have been as good as he is in these movies, whether you like the movies or not, he's doing what you're supposed to do very well. And to transition into that 80s action hero later on, that's a big difference. You know, those are two completely different styles of filmmaking. So I don't, he's he's much better actor than I thought he was because I didn't think he could do this. And for for as pretty of a man as Kurt Russell always has been, he was a very, very pretty young man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the, the whole, like, I mean, the haircut they've got him in and shit, it's like... He's one of the fucking monkeys or something. So it's like, well, yeah, it's, and I think it's his eyes. He really does have some magnetic ass, like blue, blue, blue eyes. You know what I mean? 
You're going to be so yeah. frustrated in Eye Patch Week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I can only see one of them. Yeah, but by then he's grizzly and he's square faced. Listen, he can he can ride out any role on charisma alone. That's true. And that charisma definitely shines through in these early movies. Where, yeah. Like, he really is that much better than everybody else. There's, there's only like like him and Cesar Romero very much stood out in this movie. And I think we all know who we all know the, the three people that'll stand out in the next movie too. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he easily carried this movie, which for being as young as he is was kind of surprising especially for like a disney movie like we've been talking about uh so he did the computer war tennis shoes in 69 they followed that up with now you see him now you don't in 72 where he turns invisible i won't be watching that uh chemistry student invents a spray that makes its wearer invisible a crook finds out about it and plans to steal it for himself Wait, is the crook Burgess Meredith? Because if the crook is Burgess Meredith, we might have something here. Uh, it is not, but it is Cesar Romero returns. What? <laughs> is it the same, it. Guy? Say, it's the same the, guy? You know what? Playing the same you know, character. Well, now you know I'm more convinced me that off. he's a joker. As much as I hate this fucking movie, I might sit down and watch that fucking sequel and then be mad that it sucks as well. Uh, well... Jim Buckus, otherwise known as uh, Thurston Howell on, on Gilligan's Island, is also in it. Shit. So maybe they team up. Uh, he, he could like a recasting of the Penguin. You know that, eh? That's possible. There's no reason why he could shit. Uh, uh, and then in oh. 1970, 1975, they made The Strongest Man in the World. And it says Dexter Riley and his friends accidentally discover a new chemical mixed with a cereal... Seems to give anybody temporary superhuman strength. And you'll be happy to know Cesar Romero returns once again. Amazing. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I am now more and more convinced that Cesar Romero is playing the Joker in these movies. Because only the Joker would be involved in all three of those plots. It's the only thing that makes sense. Right. <laughs> he brings in the penguin for the second one who comes in for the third one is there like a female actress that could be playing Catwoman uh, Eve Arden but I don't know who she's playing or who she is uh, but Dick Van Patten comes in as VP Harry Crumbly I don't know, so, about that. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what to do with that one <laughs> <laughs> just, so, I'm just angry that I'm going to watch sequels to a shitty movie <laughs> I've heard of the strongest this is man bullshit. in the world. I, I didn't know that one was a sequel to this one. I knew it was a Russell movie from yeah. Disney. I just didn't realize there was a connection. Yeah. So all three set at the same college, playing the same characters. That's getting pretty close. Like that's you're saying seventy five. Like seventy five. Seventy five, and we've discussed the movies we're going to do next week are also from nineteen seventy five. Yeah. So, and I know one of them you're really excited about cast Kurt Russell in maybe a less than heroic role. Yes. So he doesn't even not think, have been happy with the roles he played next week. No. So this may be like his transition. Like, oh, I've been these goody two-shoe kids. Now I need to go do this TV yeah. movie. I think there's a very real possibility that Disney fired him because of the movie we're going to talk about next week. Think so? I, it seems like something Disney would do. I have no basis for that. In fact, it just seems like. Seems yeah, like maybe. Either he quit and went, 
I'm going the full opposite way, or he went out and got himself a different role in Disney's like, now that you've done that, you are not allowed in our movies anymore. Not necessarily fired, but, you know, sort of just didn't renew the contract. Sorry about that. I had to blow my nose and I didn't want to do it on the microphone. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I actually enjoy it when you. Um, it's hurtful. It's hurtful, Doug. <laughs> I just slipped out there. I was really thinking I love about you. this. I love you. I love you so much, and you only hurt me. <laughs> I just I came way too natural. I'm just getting too good at being mean. It's a problem. Um, All right. What do you think else about computer war tennis shoes? No, it's it's not good. People shouldn't watch it. Yeah, not, uh, not good. Can't recommend. Gonna watch the sequels anyway because I'm a yep. fucking idiot. Just <laughs> say no. Tell us next week about the other two. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, well, Doug, do you want to tell us about the Barefoot Executive? Yeah. Well, I'll start with I. Let's start with the problems with the title again, because right away, the defining characteristic is not that he is barefoot. The defining characteristic is that he's a monkey, and I think it's way harder to become a TV executive if you're a monkey than it is if you're barefoot. So I don't know why they played that down in the title. Let's let's get that out of the way first. Should be the monkey executive, and yeah, and at no point is he actually the executive. That's actually a good point too. Technically, the executive is Kurt Russell, who's rarely, if ever, barefoot. Maybe barefoot had a slang meaning in 1971 that I'm unaware of. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, the movie is about Kurt Russell plays a like a mailboy at a TV studio, and he really wants to move up and like become an executive, and he thinks that you can just do that by just trying to jump straight from mailroom to executive without he's not even finished his like night school yet um but he's super frustrated because he has to drive around on a sweet motorcycle instead of driving around in a car so a stupid sick-ass motorcycle (laughs) just just the whitest of white people problems like oh i have to drive around on this cool fucking motorcycle and everybody thinks i'm awesome i wish i could have a car i have have this hot girlfriend who inherited a monkey (laughs) Yeah. So then his girlfriend gets a monkey from her neighbors because I think I think the explanation is that the the one neighbor got transferred to San Francisco, but the monkey can't go with them because he catches colds too easily, which is amazing. So now the girlfriend owns a, a monkey and Kurt Russell and the monkey don't get along well at first. I but suppose we Kurt should Russell, I suppose we should say chimpanzee. It's chimpanzee. Uh, for everyone at home screaming and saying monkey I am sick and fucking tired of your political correctness I will call it what I want to call it (laughs) and that's it (laughs) so they're not getting along until the monkey is able to just randomly they notice that it always wants to watch the number one television show instead of whatever else Kurt Russell wants to watch (laughs) so Kurt Russell's like boom perfect so he starts uh marking down what the monkey wants to watch so that he can prove to everybody and claiming that he was able to predict the number one show and that gets him his executive job of picking shows and he quickly rises up the uh, the ladders to win the Emmy for Television Man of the Year which I'm not convinced is a real thing but they act like it is in this movie um, and yeah eventually it all comes to a head when people realize that a monkey is picking it and, uh, well, it actually comes to a head when the president of the network realizes that he's that Kurt Russell's so good at his job that he might be able to take his job, and that becomes unacceptable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the 
again, we we pointed out the most realistic aspect of that last movie. That's the most realistic realistic aspect of this movie. Oh, what? The president of the company what? is one hundred percent supportive of Kurt Russell, no matter what. And then they're like, maybe he'll be president one day. And the president's like, fuck that kid. I don't care if it takes the whole network down. We're getting rid of that kid. <laughs> yeah, we have to destroy him. Destroy him before he comes for my job. And they're, they're full on, like, spying on him in his home and everything at this point. They're sending people to break in to sneak around his house to figure out how he is able to pick the best television shows. And, uh, you know, all just because he's a mild threat to the president's job. But how do, they come to, how do they come to the conclusion that it's the monkey doing it? How? Well, because by, by, by the by the fact that it goes to commercial, then the monkey runs <laughs> to the refrigerator to drink a beer while the commercials so, on. At, at this point, they're spying on the monkey from across the street, and the monkey's just just at home chilling. He's got boxers and a wife beater on. <laughs> He's watching TV, and they're like, "The monkey can't be the one picking it." How do we know if the monkey even knows what's going on? And it goes to commercial, and the monkey gets up and goes for a beer. And they're like, see, he does understand. And I'm like, that's I the do. smartest fucking monkey ever. I love that monkey. I, I want that monkey so bad. I was going to say, I do love the running joke of he knows, where that's what Kurt Russell's yelling at the beginning. And then whenever John Ritter figures it out, he's doing it. And then that's what that guy does, too. He goes and he drinks the beer and he's like, he knows. He got a beer drink a commercial. He knows. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, was it that guy when uh, towards the end when he falls off the building? People think he's crazy. He's like, the chimp picks the shows. He knows. It's just like, what? Oh, speaking it's of our not the bananas, it's the chimp. <laughs> <laughs> so how much did you guys love the fucking monkey in this movie? Because it was amazing. I love that little guy. So I would argue that this movie and the previous movie are similar in a whole lot of ways. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, down to the sound of the theme song, although this one's better than that terrible this one's, beat. This one's better because it keeps re- repeating the word cockeyed, which I know that if I was a small child, I would have giggled when they said it. So, yeah. But I think, uh, I think the difference is where the other movie was fucking stupid, this movie is just silly. And I can totally get down with silly. Yeah. I just can't tolerate fucking stupid. The diff- the difference is they put a monkey in this one. Oh. That's the what? difference. A TV watching monkey, which makes yeah. him the best monkey in the world. Well, obviously, like the fact that the monkey wears clothes, that makes him better. The fact that he watches TV, drinks beer. The fact that the monkey gets his own sweet fucking like pad at the end where he's like when he's high up he's got like that room where there's just bananas hanging everywhere and he's got like three TVs all to himself <laughs> all that adds to it but the, the kickoff is let's make this movie about a monkey yeah and I would say that the humor in this one lands way better like all yes. the even the non chimp stuff is still yeah. funnier well you have you, you alluded to John Ritter and it's like yeah you put a guy like him in and they gave him a couple of pratfalls. And it's like, yeah, there you go. That's what you do. You get a guy like that and you have him do a couple of pratfalls in the middle of your silly movie. And, they, and you know, you have him freak out because a monkey grabbed his leg. And it's like, he's perfect for that. Yeah, I thought the funniest thing is they were trying to make John Ritter's character into one of the bad guys. Didn't work. And it doesn't, him. yeah, it doesn't work. You can't, yeah. John you can't make John Ritter a bad guy. Thing. 
<laughs> you just you can't. Yeah. That's that's just Disney, you know, not understanding. I mean, they're like they have them walking around in like that really stereotypical bad guy outfit with the like the wide brim hat and the, the long trench coat and stuff. And I'm like, he looks so adorable. <laughs> he's just, he's just <laughs> like I, you know, I'm still, you know, I just he's just too nice yeah. to be the bad guy in anything. It, and we should point out he's like out acting just about everybody in this movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, like I'm telling you, like the monkey does its job very, very well. Kurt Russell yeah. is, it, like, like I said in the last movie, I'm shocked that he can do this because it's so different from what I know him for. But he's very good at being the like lead in a Disney cheesy movie, right? He's the Zac Efron of his day, if you will. And then it's like <clears throat> John Ritter just stands out. Like every line of dialogue is better than all the other actors on screen like the physical comedy he can do like because he gets the pratfalls they also have like the uh the other two guys that get stuck out on the ledge for a long time and they keep kind of almost falling off but not and the whole time i'm literally thinking like they should have had john ritter doing this he'd be so much better at this like, <laughs> like those other two actors just can't pull it up, can't pull off the like funny falling down the way he can yeah it's, it's a weird I'll that tell- that's a skill but it is i'll tell you what that scene goes on arguably for way too long yeah no not great and still by the end of it it's still pretty funny it's still pretty good it's just it's way too much of the same joke right i guess i don't i don't know i thought i thought that was weird seeing the same actor who was just in the previous movie that i was like i fucking i don't care playing the same character and me being like okay no this is pretty funny he was the dean of the college, and here he's the vice president of the TV studio in this movie. And you're just like, okay, it's basically the same guy. Like, there's they don't even change, like, nobody even changes their facial hair between movies or, like, fuck <laughs> their outfits. Like, it's ridiculous how much they're just the same people. And you're right, it just works so much better in this movie. Did you guys catch the random affirmative action joke that's in this film? No. I, where the guy makes him a cultural the cultural director oh yeah and and then the news guys are asking him what that is and he's like I don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> I liked the whole thing where it's like every time somebody gets moved around at this like local affiliate of this network the whole news writes a whole report on it there's all these reporters there I'm like I don't know if that's how it works uh, one of the things I liked is that uh, when he would bring the uh, monkey monkey into the TV station, he would always dress him up like a plumber for some reason. <laughs> That's just dressed him like a plumber. That. He has a patch on the back of his shirt that says plumber. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part was when somebody's like, "That's a that's an awfully small plumber." <laughs> I swear, like, do you guys remember Thanksgiving? Like, stole this joke where the turkey just puts like a fake mask on, and everyone just assumes it's a person because it can walk around with the mask on. And that's the same joke as is in this movie from many, many years earlier. So. I really enjoyed the the joke of putting the chimp in the dumb waiter too. Yep, and then it yep. keeps like. He keeps having to send it down and recall it because he's hiding it from the girlfriend. And there's a dude in the floor below him who keeps seeing the monkey go by over and over again. <laughs> Sometimes the monkey's just licking the, the screen as he's going by. Yeah, the, the one disappointment is there's a second monkey in this movie. And there's no, like, two monkey action scene. 
Because there there's be. not a second monkey in this movie. Well, I know, but that I'm just saying. He's just such a good actor that he fooled you. That's if, what you there. <laughs> if you're going to tell us there's two monkeys in this movie, you should have a two monkey scene. Is all I'm saying. Listen, well, they don't well, have like the Marvel technology to CGI two monkeys in the same scene. That he takes he takes the chimpanzee and replaces it with the other chimpanzee. Yeah, but that's never addressed again in no. the rest of the film. So what happened to the other chimpanzee? Did she like give it away? Did she kill it? Something happened to that other chimpanzee, <laughs> and it's no, sad. No. No matter what it was, it's sad. She still had it through much of the movie. Because she mentions a couple times that it's like no longer uh, behaving like itself. And as the audience, we all know that it's, you know, because it's a different monkey. But she doesn't know that. Yeah, and I came up with a better ending to the movie. Because there's supposed to be two monkeys. Everybody could have got what they wanted. And nobody would have been upset, but... Yeah. Fucking 70s Disney, they fucked it up. Yeah, so the end of the movie that we get is that they offer to buy the monkey for a million bucks, and then they, they're they going to release the monkey back into the jungle, which is kind of funny, because they're going to fly him all the way to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kurt Russell basically just makes a switcheroo and gives somebody else the million bucks and gets his monkey back. And he's going to marry yeah. the girlfriend, and they're riding off on, their, on his, like, poor motorcycle that he's stuck riding now because he doesn't have his million dollars which by the way means he was a terrible financial planner because the amount of money he was making to live in that huge apartment and everything he should have enough to buy a car now if he wants and go back to his old life just having a car if that's truly his goal well they gave him a car didn't they he didn't have to give it back i don't think i don't know if was that like a company car did he have to well, that was just given to him by what was it, the Emmys or whoever. Yeah, I oh. thought they gave it. I thought that was oh. his uh, TV Man of the Year thing. But to be fair, he's probably not going to get his <sighs> sweet mailroom job back at this point. So he's going to have to use that money for sure. shit until he gets his new job. So, so yeah, so it's like all the TV networks came together to buy the monkey because this monkey was too dangerous for everybody. Which is hilarious, by the way. The whole the the dumbest plot point in this movie is that they're all like, "Well, what if people find out that the monkeys are picking the program, then they'll never watch TV again." And it's like, I don't think people would care. That'd be a news story for like a I was, day, and then they just be like, whatever. I was gonna say that's another thing we we said the most accurate part was the dude uh, destroying his own employee's career to protect his own position, but that's not true. The most accurate thing in this movie is that if you put a chimpanzee in a room and with a TV and watch what it laughs at, that's probably what most fucking Americans are yeah. watching. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it is a big comment on, uh, on TV. The other just... um, the the other little comment that they make, which is accurate is like all the tv studios get together like we all have to do something about this monkey and there's a representative from like the department of justice there he's like you guys aren't allowed to collude and then they just proceed to collude and nothing happens to them (laughs) so well well, that's because the guy said we had a tacit agreement about sharing technology and he goes you shouldn't have any agreements tacit or otherwise (laughs) yeah also another uh uh, realistic setting yeah. corporations colluding together and yeah. the government's yeah. like well you guys aren't supposed to do that but we're not going to stop you <laughs> yeah so yeah so Kurt Douglas is like 
tells his girlfriend, like, oh, they'll never get the monkey. Like, I could never be bought. And then they're like, $500,000. And he's like, well, tempting, but no. And they're like, a million. And he's like, okay, here's the fucking monkey. My Dude, point a million is, bucks in 1971 money? That was, I'd sell both me. of you guys for that. That's, that's a ton of money. But my point is, there's a second monkey. <laughs> like, he bought the... he. You know, apparently in the 70s in L.A., you could just walk into a pet store and buy a monkey who's sitting in the front window that, hoping people buy him. Scarily, that's, that was probably accurate. Probably. You probably could go to some weird pet store and just buy a chimp. And they don't know there's a second monkey. So why not just get the other monkey who's not interested in TV, who would probably be happier living in the jungle, and sell that monkey to them? He gets his million dollars. Him and his girlfriend and his original monkey hop hop in his car and drive out of town, you know, newly rich. And they think they got the monkey and send it off, you know, back to the jungle. Everybody's happy. And he doesn't have to have this moment to look his girlfriend in the face and be like, yeah, I totally sold out for the monkey. Come on. it's It makes it weird that it's a chimp, doesn't it? Because I feel like if it was any other pet, it's like, your pet ferret will give you a million dollars for that ferret. You'd be like, oh, that hurts my heart so much to give up my ferret. But I need that million dollars so fucking bad. (laughs) Bye, ferret. You know. It is almost like selling another human being. It's, yeah, everybody seems to acknowledge, like, even the characters in this movie from the 70s seem to realize that chimps are a little closer to people than other animals are maybe i don't know maybe it's because he doesn't he wouldn't learn a lesson at the end i guess i don't know it just seems like yeah the other the other second monkey is mysteriously missing and we don't know what happened i call shenanigans yeah we don't really know i guess what goes on yeah the old second monkey theory um well it seems like everybody enjoyed it a little bit more than the last movie yep put a monkey and stuff i tend to enjoy it a lot more <laughs> yeah I, I i that little dude was adorable it was awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you have you have enough people putting in good performances and you have enough uh situational and physical comedy bits that just are kind of timeless you know what i mean they work the the chimpanzee licking the window as the dumbwaiter goes by is one of the it's just fucking funny you put put that in a movie tomorrow it's fucking funny you put that in a movie in 1932 it's still fucking funny yeah uh what this movie did make me want though that we never got is in the 1980s when both kurt russell and john ritter at the height of their powers we need a buddy cop movie between them. Ooh. We did not get it. And it doesn't even have to be a cop movie. Just a buddy movie. Having him pop like, up made me sad. Right? Uh, mostly because I just got done listening to a podcast, uh, the the fake Doctor's Real Friends, the, the one about Scrubs, and they were just doing the episode that John Ritter was supposed to be on and he died. Yeah. And they had to, like, rewrite the entire episode over a weekend. That's a bummer. Yeah, th- thanks for bringing that up, no? <laughs> yeah. We're all laughing and joking. Ha-ha. Yeah. It was so funny. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then I immediately turned on this movie, and I was like, oh, John Ritter. Oh, John Ritter. <laughs> Did you guys know he was going to be in this, or, like, were you caught no. off guard like I was? I was so happy when he showed up. I'm like, hi. I saw, I saw his name in the in the credits, and I'm like, that doesn't seem right. I don't think this would line up right. And then he is, like, in the first scene, he pops up on screen. I'm like, fucking A, John Ritter. This also, is amazing. It's, it's pretty close to right, because it's, what, like, five years before you hit it big on Three's Company? Sure, something, but something like that. You just see young Kurt Russell, and in my mind, I'm like, this was like a billion years ago. But oh, I, I hate yeah. to break it to you, but it kind of was. Like, yeah, I know. But it just, I don't know, it doesn't line up in my mind that these two worked side by side together on stuff, even though, like I just said, buddy, buddy cop movie, it, it really should, really should line up in my mind that they worked side by side. I don't know. I was happy. Happy to see John Ritter. Glad I got to see a movie I didn't even know he was in. Want to invent a machine that allows me to go to another parallel dimension where Kurt Russell and John Ritter's roles and everything were switched? So John Ritter and the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was in it. He showed he can do a little uh, scary movie dramatic acting. He was good in it, too. I had no complaints about him being in that. Uh, one of the other podcasts I listened to was talking about it, the 1990s it, and apparently if you buy the Blu-ray, it has a commentary on it with John Ritter. Oh, really? Like, it was recorded like 10 years after the uh, miniseries came out, so he's kind of honest about a lot of stuff. Like he's like, "Yeah, this this uh, spider monster really sucks," and. Uh, Making himself, making making fun of himself for wearing that vest throughout it, like that leather vest that his character wears. That wasn't his decision. No, I know, but he's just like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why we did this. <laughs> so I mean, I'm interested in checking that out sometime. Uh, all right, anything else? No, rec- recommend watch it, check it out if you like that kind of movie. I mean. Yeah, it's just a little, little monkey getting into trouble. Kurt Russell telling him no. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Kurt Russell and a monkey fighting over the TV. I mean, come on. Kurt, good. Kurt Russell <laughs> committing a plethora of traffic violations on a motorcycle. Oh, oh, yeah. He gets pulled over for it. The movie doesn't let him get away with that. Once. Although he does crimes in front of cops like four different times. But he puts on his fancy crime outfit with that black, like, peacoat <laughs> and his toque. I suppose it's also the 70s and he's white. Yeah. So. Or now and he's white, or <laughs> all through history and he's white. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive In on Twitter at MN Drive In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the midnight drive-in at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Um, so we did get a piece of feedback from Kent, which I do not have pulled up because I am terrible. It's just a uh. YouTube link. Yeah, but I was going to... You read the web address off so everybody has to review. Okay. I am. 
Uh, so Kent wrote us and said, with the subject line, Snooper's going to snoop. He said, hey, during the I'm going to get you suck a black dynamite episode, you mentioned the spoof of The Box. Uh, that was something Noah was talking about. It was performed by a Canadian sketch group, Picnic Face. Come on, Doug, you should know this. And then he gives us a link. And he says, looking forward to Kurt Russell Month. I know the one thing Canadians hate most about Americans is yeah. that you think, we all, you think we all know each other. It's like every oh, there's Canadian only like comedian. 20 of you. <laughs> every Canadian comedian has that same joke about how, like, no, I don't know your Canadian <laughs> friends just because we're both from Canada. <laughs> this is I mean, why. it's you and Shania Twain and Sarah Chalk. I think that's it. I think that's everybody. Sarah Chalk. I don't even know who Sarah Chalk is by name. She's second second Becky on Roseanne. Yeah, second oh. Becky. She was the female lead on Scrubs. She's yeah. she's on that new show uh, Firefly Lane on Netflix. Okay. I don't know who she's she is now. She's on Rick, Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Yeah, most importantly, yeah, Rick and Morty. You guys didn't use like Michael J. Fox or any of the other much more famous Canadians, Jim Carrey. Yeah, they renounced. That's, that's, they renounced that's because, their citizenship. Yeah, we now claim them as Americans, so they're no longer Canadians. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say that I'm going to post. I'm going to put this uh, YouTube link in the show notes. Uh, I'll probably forget, so people on the Facebook will have to remind me, and then I'll I'll post a link. With any luck, we'll remember to post it to at least Facebook. Yeah, so. so it is pretty funny. Like I, I remember the skit and it holds up. So, yeah. um, all right, what did everybody watch? You push this button, a person dies. Click, dude. <laughs> I didn't finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched a couple things. So I finished uh, all of Titans that was available. Uh, season two really was way better than season one. Yeah, they they made a lot of uh, course corrections about how they were treating some of the characters and stuff. I dug it. I dug their version of Deathstroke a lot. Mm-hmm. Seeing how they just made him like a straight up ass killer. Yeah. Although I suppose he did get machinationy there toward the end, but. I do like the fact that he would just show up and just fucking murder somebody. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler free thing. The first time it happens, I was not prepared for it. I was not, I was not expecting that character to just bite the dust all of a sudden. Yeah. So, like, Hey, guess what? Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking, Hey, guess what? Unceremoniously murdered. <laughs> Like fuck. All right then. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty good. excited for season three. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. I really I I dug it. I mean, they kind of got me. They looped me in in the first season because I was one of the people that was kind of bitching about the fact that uh, Beast Boy should have probably been in the Doom Patrol TV series instead of this Cyborg. one. Yeah, and Cyborg oh, yeah. should have probably yeah. been in Titans. Mm-hmm. instead of the other one but the fact that they like uh recruit him from the doom patrol yeah is is pretty dope i, I liked all that stuff yep. yeah so so it's totally worth a watch like i said i don't want to get too spoilery mm-hmm. but yeah everybody check it out for a show that i thought looked stupid 
um, ended up, I think, being really good. I was I was concerned about the grim darkness of it, mm-hmm. and and I will argue that if you're the type of person that's worried about that, you're 100 percent justified in that, especially like the first half of the first season. It is pretty much just grim, dark, bitchy Dick Grayson fucking being way too violent for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then you thinking, okay, well, they're making him out to be Jason Todd, and then they bring in Jason Todd, and you're like, what the fuck? Now this <laughs> got even weirder. But yeah, yeah, it's worth a watch. Doom Patrol's still better. Uh, I 100% agree with that. Uh, I still haven't, I think I still haven't finished season one of Doom Patrol, because once again, I'm I'm kind of trying to, like, savor that one, because I enjoy it so much. <laughs> Uh, I did get to the Danny the Street episode, uh, and it was delightful. And fucking Beard Hunter, dear God, <laughs> I could not. I when that character popped up, I kept trying to figure out who it was. I was like, "Who is this guy? Who's this supposed to be?" And then you see the patch on the jacket. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> That's a deep cut. That is the so deepest weird. of the deep cuts." And I liked what they did. He's he's completely different than he is in the comic books, but but I was totally, I was still down with it. I was like, okay, well, you took a ridiculous character and possibly made him even more ridiculous, and it still worked. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited for that one. I really enjoyed Doom Patrol for season three. Yeah, yeah, I need to finish it. Uh, and then I started watching the Harley cartoon, uh, in which I'm most of the way through season two now, because it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty quick watch. Man, it's really fucking funny. Yeah. It's funny and it's it's complicated because so normally I'm one of the, I prefer my shows, my comic book stuff with is to be as comic book accurate as possible. I want the characters to be like they are in the comics mm-hmm. and, and that, that hardly completely throws that out the fucking window. Yeah. And instead, all of the characters are like caricatures of what they are in the comic books. <laughs> yeah. But it works. It works really well, and it's really, really funny. If if you if you just throw that out at the very beginning, if you go, okay, like, these characters aren't the characters that I think they are, but these are maybe some people's perceptions of what these characters should be, then it's great. Bane is fucking so goddamn <laughs> funny. The, and the jokes are all so stupid. <laughs> like there's a whole thing where he goes to get coffee and he's freaking out because he's like the guy's like ban and he's like it's bane you know it's bane i get coffee every day <laughs> but it's this goddamn coffee stand and of course they have to make fun of the fucking tom hardy bane voice yeah <laughs> oh my god the the episode where she's in the weird dream state and she hears all the villains taunting her and they're all saying all the, and it gets to Bane and all yours. (laughs) 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 I don't know. It's super funny. It's super worth a watch. The, I, I think it's interesting. The shift in the second season where they're trying to maybe, uh, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Um, do something like Scrubs ish, where it's all silly and ridiculous, but there are certain things going on that are kind of fucking serious 
personal issues that people have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. That's it, it's it's interesting, and I think they do it well. But obviously, with Harley Quinn and stuff, they're dealing with like LGBT issues and stuff like that, which I don't. Because I'm not a member of that community, I don't really have a leg to stand on to judge whether or not they're doing it right. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The uh, the interesting thing is, so Alan Tudyk does the voice of the Joker on there, um, and he's of course the bad guy in Doom Patrol. Alan Tudyk's fucking all over the place, right? Yep. Uh, they do make a funny joke about him being the voice of the Joker in the second season of Doom Patrol. Oh, nice. <laughs> Since he's a very meta character on that show. I was going to say, so so far in Harley, the the best joke that's happened, and, and this is a mild spoiler, but I don't think it's going to ruin the episode or anything for anybody. Uh, they have an adventure in Themyscira, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, they're talking to Wonder Woman and you know, they explain that how they saved her in the island and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, well, then we shall celebrate the victory of Harley. And what do they call themselves? The Cobb Patrol or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> in in the ancient ways of Themyscira and Harley kind of looks at her all confused. And she's like, so we're going to have a rager. And then Wonder Woman like stands up all serious and goes, we are going to throw a fucking rager. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it works so much better than it should. Oh, it really does. I was yeah. I was a little worried whenever they introduced uh, what's the character's name Frank, the the <laughs> sentient awesome. yeah the sentient pitcher plant that. Yeah. Lives with Ivy. Yeah, play by Ivy like, Smooth. Well, because I was like, oh, they put in a Slimer. That makes me nervous. That's that's oftentimes the sign of a bad show. But instead, he ends up being fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Amanda watched it. She really liked it, too. And she's like, I just love stuff like, you know, like Clayface is like this actor. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's. That's from the comics, but they've just turned it up to like eleven, right? <laughs> like it's fantastic. It's, it's it, I don't know. That's a brilliant fucking joke because he does not behave remotely that way in the comic books. No. He's kind of a terrifying murder monster, oh, right? <laughs> but but instead, having him just be this obnoxious thespian who constantly has auditions and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, let's be honest, Kite Man has never been more awesome than he is on this show. Right, also true. (laughs) In which I love the fact that he's in that one episode and he's such a douchebag, and you're like, "Yeah, that was a good cameo." And then they're like, "No, no, Kite Man's around to stay for a while." (laughs) Fuck. The funny thing is, so I watched that, and then you know the big, the big catchphrase is "Kite Man, hell yeah, yeah, hell yeah." <laughs> so then I bought uh, uh, Lego DC villains, where it's like you're just—it's a whole thing with villains instead of all the superheroes. And I'm walking around, I think Gotham, you know, doing something on this little 
thing. And one of one of the citizens just says, Kite man, heck yeah. <laughs> I just started dying. That's delightful. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll I'll let you guys know if it holds up, but so far it's really good. I don't know how many seasons there are. There's three of that so far? Uh, I don't know. I think at least two. Um, and I think uh, the last one I watched ends on a cliffhanger, so be prepared. Ugh, the worst. Uh, and then uh, I was dicking around on HBO Max trying to find something to watch, and I decided to watch Rampage just because <laughs> I love yeah. that video game. Yeah, with The Rock. Yeah. And and it was one of the ones I decided to skip in theaters, and I kept telling myself, "Now nah, I'll watch it whenever it pops up on Netflix or something, and I never did. I don't know. It's it's okay. It's fucking a stupid fucking Michael Bay-esque CGI bullshit movie. Like, oh, it's better than Michael Bay, though. Yeah. Is it? Rock. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the rock in it. Yeah, but the here's here's the thing. Talk. I'm not as big of a fan of the rock as an actor as everyone else is. Oh. I don't But he, but it's the rock as an action star. Yeah, yeah he's right. not acting. Make no mistake about it, he's not acting. Oh. <laughs> Saying he's acting is like I don't know. Claiming like the guy that plays Ernest is acting when he plays Ernest. It's like not really. I don't know. He, I just yeah. He acts in other movies, but I, I'm just saying, I don't think, I don't think Rampage is, is exactly on his acting reel. Yeah, I think, I think the big thing with The Rock that might put me on a, a different playing field than a lot of other people. So I fucking hate the Fast and the Furious franchise. Hate it. It's yeah. dumb. It's fucking stupid. I can't believe they keep making fucking movies. I pretty much agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and and people fair, are I've just so fucking into it. So, so I've, I've never seen one. Have no interest. Oh my god! Uh, so there's that. There's his like disaster movies, like uh, what was it? San Andreas. Didn't see that one. Or whatever. Which is fucking dumb. And it's then he's been like defending in the... the Rock. I'm realizing I haven't seen any of his movies. <laughs> right. And then he's in a bunch of remakes of movies that I don't give a fuck about. Well, come on. Do what? So like what? What remakes? Oh, fuck. Hold on. He was Let me rattle my brain. Remake. Yeah, Walking Tall. He was in... Uh... Oh, yeah. God so damn it. What's the, what's the Baywatch and fucking... <laughs> Baywatch is stupid. Don't watch it. Uh, Jumanji? I mean... Jumanji's not a remake, though. It's a sequel. It's a sequel yeah. Meh. They're a lot of fun. I... I... I'll say they're my favorite movies, but they're they're fine. They're just not. There's nothing he's done that I've been like, man, that's so fucking good. In the second one, he's he's playing Danny DeVito, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's big. It's big monsters fighting, and I love big monsters fighting. But it's a movie about big monsters fighting where most of the focus is on people running around screaming and shooting guns at things that the guns can't hurt, which makes big monsters fight for good. And you have the four man tag team matchup between the gorilla and the rock. And then the other two monsters on the other side. Yeah. 
What about the fact that the movie's called Rampage because the company in it is the evil company is run by a brother and sister team who really like the video game Rampage, so they decided to recreate it in real life. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Because they actually have the Rampage video game in their office, so that video game exists in that universe, and then they just recreate it. Yep, it's ridiculous. Awesome. And they just it's get lucky. Awesome. They get randomly lucky that it infects a gorilla, a crocodile, and a wolf. Yeah, in retrospect, they backfire, you know, greatly if they had just infected different animals, but they knew what they were doing. But yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a thing. I don't know. There's there's all sorts of moments in it that I don't get where they're like, "All right, we're gonna ambush it this way," and it's like you just hit it with five missiles, and you didn't hurt it. Why are you sending five dudes with guns to try oh, to shoot this thing? The movie's really stupid. Did you? Know yeah, it's that? really it's really <laughs> fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so it was it was fine. Like I knew it was just going to be like a dumb action movie, and so you have to forgive it a little bit of its dumb action moviness. But I think you can still do it better. I don't know. know. They're not gonna though, because they got to pump out eleven of those a year. Did I talk about watching Aquaman last week? Yep. Yes. Good. Good. So I don't have to talk about it again. (laughs) You weren't happy about it then either. <laughs> hey, it's got William Defoe in it being William Defoe. I turned That's on Aquaman it. for my kid once so I could have time to take a shower, and he, he got bored before I had long enough to take a shower. So that's <laughs> that's it's like, Dad, can you come out of the shower and change it to something? I was like, No. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, and and I know I'm one of the only human beings on Earth this thinks this, but Jason Momoa comes off as just an unlikable douchebag in in pretty much everything he does. And in certain roles, that works, because he's like a bad guy, so you're like, hey, that guy's an unlikable douchebag. But in a movie where you're supposed to be a superhero, I don't, it doesn't work out. I'm still holding out hope for his uh, Twins remake with him and Peter Dinklage. Is that a thing? Is that a real thing that's happening? Uh, seems like uh, there's been rumblings before. I think he's supported it. Is the sequel to the original Twins still a go at some point? I don't know. That's been they've been working on that for ten years. And the uh, the Snyder cuts coming out here pretty soon, right? Yeah, couple weeks. Couple weeks. Yes, you should do a separate podcast where you talk about that altogether when I'm not around. <laughs> it's I, I just once again I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me sometimes because I've disliked almost every DC movie that's come out and I have a growing hate of, of Zack Snyder every time he makes a film I hate him a little bit more and I'm still gonna watch that motherfucker why <laughs> why am I gonna watch it it's it's a thing that I didn't like being remade by a guy I hate. Why would I watch it again? I, I'm curious just because it's like 75% new footage, like not what they used before. So I'm just kind of curious what the story was that, supposed to be. Way, I don't believe that that's the truth, that it's 75% new footage. I think it's going to be... Well, I'm not even oh. saying he, he came in and filmed anything new. I... From what I've heard, Joss Whedon threw out like 75% of the shit they shot already, rewrote it, and filmed a bunch of new stuff. 
So yeah. I'm just well, curious. I'm just curious. Like I already, you know, I have HBO Max for free just because we have HBO in our cable. And so it's essentially free. I'm curious enough to watch it for free and then we'll probably never watch it again. So yeah. uh, and that's it. I didn't watch nothing else. What did you watch, Doug? Oh, yeah. Remember when I was trying to watch all the Final Destination movies, but I gave up because they stopped being available for free? Yeah. Well, part five became available for free this week, so <laughs> finally got around to it. Do you, you have some special. kind of a weird tickler out there waiting for the moment that it became free? No, like, no, Netflix just knew. They're like, it, maybe I watched the other ones through Netflix. I can't even remember at this point. But when I turned it on, they're like, you're going to want to watch this one. And I'm like, fucking right, I am. <laughs> David Koechner in a Final Destination movie. Uh, sold, right? <laughs> so I don't think I'd seen this one since I saw it in theaters years mm-hmm. ago. And I kind of forgot all about it. It's really good. It's like... So, I remember really enjoying this one. Yeah, like it's the... the it's not, I mean, it's not good. Good isn't the right word. It's super fun, though. Like, yeah. the, the opening disaster scene is like a bridge crashing, and you get to see everybody fall into their deaths, and all, all the kills are fun. And there's, you know, Tony Todd is just showing up and being a creepy weirdo for no reason. It doesn't really make sense, but it's Tony that Todd. That should happen in every movie. It would make them all better. <laughs> Imagine he had just been in the computer wore tennis shoes, just in the background, just going, I don't think you guys want to try that. I'll see you real soon. (laughs) I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I mean, I could see him showing up in a fucking Winnie the Pooh cartoon and it being delightful. Just Pooh and Piglet having a conversation. He comes walking out of the woods in a trench coat, says something menacing, and then vanishes back into the woods. (laughs) Well, now I have to ask the follow-up question. Is it live-action Tony Todd integrated into the cartoon, or is it a cartoon version of Tony Todd? In my head, it's a cartoon version of Tony Todd. Have you ever seen uh, the meme where Pooh is doing his, like, (laughs) calisthenics in front of his mirror? Like, you know, he's done that in some of the cartoons. Yes. But in this one, he just says Candyman five times. (laughs) <laughs> when, when Candyman shows up, he just like reaches up into his ribcage to try to get honey because you know he's got bees up there. <laughs> That's funny. Have you ever seen the uh, the Final Destination movies, Noah? Uh, I've seen most of them. Have you ever seen this one, the last one? I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't think I have. I'm just interested in talking about the uh, the end of the movie, which is a little spoilery. No, uh, you can spoil it. I don't, give, I don't give a fuck. Right. If I had given a fuck, I would have watched the movie by now. <laughs> it's a solid point, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mean the very end or the first plot twist, Brian? Well, the big plot twist at the end. Big one, the big kind of surprise ending where these yeah. guys all, all get on the plane and we find out that this has all been a prequel to the first movie. That's right. Which I was pretty happy with when I saw it. It's one of those ones where I'm like, that's kind of fun. It doesn't matter in any way. Like it doesn't I don't care. But it was sort of fun to see them get on the plane and the other guys get kicked off. And you're like, that plane exploded in that first just yeah. because these guys were on it, basically. <laughs> it was from what I can gather. <laughs> yeah, it's just so. interesting how the whole thing started even before the first movie. Yeah. Like we yeah, didn't it's, know. It's, 
because of the type of series it is like i don't think too much about it and therefore i don't like i don't think it matters it's just a fun like you know it'd be like it's like when people get in debates of when jason became a zombie and when he didn't and you're just like that's it he just just give him a machete and let him have his his day like it doesn't really matter right (laughs) it's the same sort of thing here where you're like i don't really I, i don't care if if the story is like because then you got to wonder like did something happen previous to this did the bridge collapse and to kill a different group of people could they do flashbacks to like final destination set in like the 60s just for fun yeah, <laughs> sure you could why not yeah the uh the, the thing i remember is watching the movie and being like man this soundtrack's really dated and then like watching this and being like Everybody's got really shitty flip phones in this movie. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is up? And then the big reveal is, oh, it took place before the first movie. Gotcha. That all makes a lot more sense now. That's funny. I guess that probably might have been more obvious watching it at the time. Watching it now, like it didn't feel as dated, but that's probably yeah. because it's already redated kind of thing. Yeah, um, for sure. But the thing that made me wonder is, like, does that mean everybody else on that plane has their own prequels sitting out there like is there these things happening all around the u.s and then they finally finally death thinks they got everybody on one plane and the wrong people get off is that how it yeah. works i don't know Ooh, now away from the mic sorry the other thing uh, yeah, in the uh i was gonna ask you guys thoughts on this in in his like preview of the disaster at the beginning of the movie right the, the typical mm-hmm. opening to a final destination movie you see him like trying to save people and that makes me wonder if, like, the guy saw a preview of himself saving someone, and then he, you know, because he has this moment, doesn't saves himself from being involved in the accident. Does that mean an extra person dies, and does that screw anything up? Is there like a reverse final destination, where it's like we got to find a way to bring that person back to life? I don't know. It's weird. I hadn't really thought about it. This is a question for the uh, final destination filmmakers. I'm sure yeah. they'll be like, I don't fucking know. Leave me no, alone. Just, yeah, again, I don't think you guys are supposed to think about it this much. <laughs> remember in part two when that plane of glass fell from way up high and smushed that guy? That's what you should be thinking about right now. Exactly. I gotta watch part two again. I think yeah. five might might be like my second favorite. It, mm. It's I'd have to go back and kind of like watch them together again to, to say that definitively, but yeah, like it two is my favorite coming into this and i don't think this tops two because how could you but it's just they've just they've got the formula down at this point yeah yeah it's definitely a good one i don't think i ever saw part four so i can't i'm sure i did it's part four yeah i, I yeah part four has the, the the racetrack yeah i definitely saw that i didn't say it. i don't know can't keep track but <laughs> it's it is. I mean, it is a series that went on way longer than anybody else really expected it to. I think. Seems yeah. like I had been here, and they were gonna do another one sometime. But I hear that about a lot of shit. So, who knows? Yeah, I'm sure they'll at some point do it. All right, you guys want to know what else I watch, or you want to talk about this more? Uh, sure. Why don't you tell us what else you watch? Uh, so, as promised last week, I went and sought out cooties just by the same filmmakers oh yeah um yeah i I fucking loved it it was great (laughs) it's just it's i love like it's just it's really it's almost like a remake of uh 
zombie land where it's just like what would happen if like zombies happened but everybody was stupid you know what i mean except they're locked mm-hmm. in a school and it's only the kids that turn into zombies yeah but the blood and guts and gore is all really well done the ridiculous over-the-top characters are all great rain wilson is great as like the for people who haven't seen it he's like a uh, he's the gym teacher at the school and uh he's in like a quote-unquote love triangle and the, the other guy is elijah wood and they're like fighting over this girl which is uh what's her name allison pill is that her name yeah yeah <laughs> and, uh, so like all right away you're like oh those are all three actors i want to watch in a movie and it's like to have them all be playing off each other but you know to have rain wilson as the pe teacher who's like the big tough guy who drives the giant truck and can't speak properly sometimes and <laughs> he's really good in the role yeah, yeah, I just like it when he just realizes what's going on and he's out on the playground and he needs to get back to the school and he just starts running and fucking like clotheslining kids. And <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> comes up with the with like the softball like potato gun thing that he straps to himself. Starts yeah, taking kids launcher. out. Yeah, the ball launcher. So yeah. good. Well, even it's, just that whole scene where he's shooting hoops and there's a zombie outbreak going on all around him. He's so busy trying to make this shot that he gets not paying attention. It's pretty funny in and of itself. It's it's amazing that the less famous Elijah Wood becomes, the more excited I am to see him in movies. Oh, yeah. Like, this is he's clearly a guy that was like, he made his money and then he's just like, now I'm going to go do a bunch of low-budget horror films because it's yeah. fun. And he does that now, and it's awesome. And he helps get yeah. these movies made, too. So so he specifically created his own production company just to make low-budget horror movies, because that's yeah. all he really wants to do. That's awesome. Good for him. He's like, been on uh, like multiple podcasts talking about it, and I'm just like, this is the best thing ever. He could have yeah, launched from fucking Lord of the Rings and tried well, to be more serious. Any, and Anything yeah. he wanted to do at that point. And he's just like, oh, go do that. He's like, it's, it's, that, that sounds boring. Let's make some fun horror movies instead. Well, like, yeah, and but even like if you remember when he wanted to be in Lord of the Rings, like, do you guys remember like the footage that he like filmed himself playing in the trees and sent it to the <laughs> filmmakers as like an audition tape? It was like at the time that those movies were big, it was like they, they would show it on the news and be like, this is how badly he wanted it because he's clearly just a nerd, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, he just he enjoys he enjoys having fun creating stuff. He doesn't he doesn't want to be all stuffy and serious about shit. Yep. So So good for him. Because we've gotten some good ones out of him over the last few years. Like even that Maniac remake, which was not as much fun as these other movies, but it was really good. Yeah. Did, it was alright. That, that made for Netflix one. Um, it's not a horror movie, but oh, god damn it, what's the name of it? it? He plays like this redneck mulleted character who's the type of dude who thinks he knows karate and carries around nunchucks. Yeah. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. And I don't feel at it's home delightful. in this world anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah, it is. He's great in it. Like, there's a moment where he throws that ninja star in that movie and then he has to go get it back because he has no follow-up plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was on a um, an episode of the King Cast, which is a Stephen King podcast, yeah. talking talking about misery. 
And uh, yeah, he was just telling stories about how people will just come up to his house and ring the doorbell. And he's like, and I don't know what to do, so I just go outside and talk to him. And sometimes that's a horrible idea. They just walk up to his house and ring the doorbell? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and he said, he said there's only ever been one time where there was somebody <gasps> with some serious mental issues that he had to call the police on. Yeah, he probably shouldn't be so. publicly saying that he goes outside and talks to people who know his doorbell. Because that's going to lead to a lot more. <laughs> well, I think he's moved since then, and he may be a little bit more cautious. But yeah, he was just talking about it on the podcast. It's pretty funny to listen to. Did I ever tell you guys about the time that I tried to find John Goodman's house when I was in New Orleans? <laughs> and, and I like, like I asked like the tour guide on like where it was because I knew we were in like the rich people neighborhood. And he's like, oh, yeah, and he kind of told me where it was. So I walked down there, and I'm like, I think this is it. And I'm like, I was like, there's a dog there. So I started, like, trying to talk to the dog through the fence. And then, like, somebody opened the door and then, like, closed it really quick and went back inside. And I'm like, oh, am I accidentally stalking John Goodman? <laughs> like, is he, did he just try to come out and I ruined his day? Or <laughs> I have no idea if I was, if it was him or not. But it was like, oh, I'm, let's just go now because now it feels weird. <laughs> just wanted to see John Goodman's house. <laughs> That's when you just yell out, I loved you and Chud. And maybe he'd be like, oh, it's a Chud fan. Maybe I can go out and talk to you. I think it would be the opposite. He's like, oh, God, it's one of the ones that recognizes me from Chud. <laughs> so I'm just like, just like I did. in my head, I like to think that I found John Goodman's host. But then if I did that, then I made John Goodman feel uncomfortable. And I don't want that to be the case. Either. Or like somebody else in his family who's just like, oh, fuck, another one. <laughs> just went back inside. Yeah, he's a, he's a goddamn treasure, Doug. Don't bother no. John Goodman. So I don't so, know. Did it's also entirely hear? possible it's just some other rich guy and I was just at the wrong house because it's not like there's a sign out front. <laughs> did either of you watch The Righteous Gemstones? No. no. That's another. That's another one you should watch on HBO Max. No, um, a lot of shit to get through. Because it's John, John Goodman's the head of this family where they are uh, evangelical preachers. And it's him and then his oldest son, which the show is mainly focused around, uh, played by Danny McBride. And then the younger one played by Adam Levine. Levine, Holy Levine. Shit, that sounds great. Uh, the little Jack Black looking dude. Um, it is just like all the dumb shit that they get into. Like it's written and produced by Danny McBride and all that stuff. John Goodman's like fucking amazing in it. So the uh, if you like like Danny McBride type shit, like the the very first scene they are they're in Japan trying to do the world's largest baptism. Like all three of them are you know, the ministers and they're trying to baptize as many people as possible to get the record or whatever. So they're doing it in, uh, in this, uh, shut down like wave pool at this like water park. And, you know, people are lining up, they do the whole prayer thing, dunk them underwater. Next person comes up, repeat. But then like, of course they start arguing amongst each, each other and then something goes wrong and the wave pool turns on. So it's like all these fucking parishioners just like flying like in this like wave pool. They were trying to get baptized. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, you guys should watch it. That does sound funny. It's really good. And that's a tangent from me saying I watched Cooties. That's how we got there. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we are not on target tonight. Yeah, Elijah Wood to uh, 
stalkers coming up to Doug stalking John Goodman to Righteous Gemstones. Right. Uh, Makes sure sense. What to say to that? I do. With regards to Goonies, one last thing: the mm-hmm. filmmakers who made that movie and also made Becky, they're great. Every time I post on Instagram that I'm watching one of their movies, they like show up to thank me for watching it. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, yeah. And they like they're clearly reading the posts. They comment <laughs> specifics. So I'm like, all right, guess, guess I'm glad you guys are paying this much attention. Hope you don't get so famous that you stop commenting every time I watch one of your movies. Uh, so, funny. I doubt they've gone as far as to listen to the podcast, but <laughs> no, surely they would never do that. No, but it's it's funny that they comment every time, and I just imagine like they must not have a project on the go. They must just be at home, like all right. <laughs> Well, I or, guess we'll just hang out on Instagram. So, forgot to mention Lee Winnell is in Cooties as well, and he is very, very funny. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. I don't know. People should watch that one if you haven't. <laughs> the next one I watch, I'm not sure if I can recommend it as strongly or not. Certainly not to as wide of an audience. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of Night of Fear, 1972 no. Australian movie? Oh. Uh, there's a guy in the living in the woods in Australia and he likes to kidnap people and kill them and rape them and stuff and basically Night of Fear is the story of like one of his victims that just it follows her she gets into like a car accident he chases her through the woods takes her back to the house he's gonna kill her and stuff right um pretty well done as far as like it being like like I would compare it to Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the level of atmosphere and just weird grossness that's going on all around, um, you know. But all Australian up a little bit. It's got little bits of real Australia in there. So you know yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So like like really quite good on that. The the guy, the killer guy, is quite creepy and weird. Um, but here's the thing about this movie. First interesting fact, no dialogue in the entire movie, which is something you're going to want to know going into a movie because I didn't. (laughs) So about halfway through the movie, I'm like, motherfucker, no one has talked yet. There have been multiple car accidents, a couple of murders, a rape scene, and no one has said a line of dialogue yet. And so I started paying attention to it. And sure enough, no dialogue in the entire thing. Which is weird, right? Sure. Like the killer guy kind of grunts and stuff, and the girl screams when she's being chased, but nobody actually says a word. (laughs) I found that very strange. But that's not the strangest part of this movie. The strangest part of this movie is that the opening credits have like a theme song to them a little bit, and it's shot like the opening to a TV show. And that sent me down the rabbit hole and realized that this Australian version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre was actually made as a pilot for an anthology TV show that they were trying to get on air. Yeah. So, like, imagine going into a studio with a completed thing about a guy who's got, like, pet rats that he feeds his victims to and stuff. And in the middle of it, there's a scene where he's going to rape a girl and he's walking towards her and he's completely naked, but because they wanted this to be on TV, they had him hold a human skull in front of his genitalia. (laughs) 
Sure. <laughs> so imagine walking into that a really tones sex it down. <laughs> it's, it's there's still blood and guts on the skull too, and some hair. <laughs> So I just picture them like showing this to studio execs being like Fridays at eight, right? You can see, you can see what we're going for with this. <laughs> it's so fucking weird that somebody thought this was going to be a TV show. I just, I'd love to have been in the boardroom and they're like, let's get past all the things that instantly make this a no. <laughs> uh, and go to the fact that there was no dialogue. In this <laughs> whole thing. Is there, is there going to be no dialogue in the entire Series? Is that going to be a thing? <laughs> so fucking weird. So the best part is, like, they they film it thinking it's going to be an anthology TV show. That doesn't work out, so now they're going to release it to theaters. And it gets banned because the rating boards refuse to give it a rating. <laughs> so it becomes like a video nasty, essentially. And I'm like, how? This is supposed to be on TV. <laughs> like, I don't understand it's like i know it's australia and i know things are a little different down there they're a little strange a little weird but come on man it's just this guy with this like scraggly beard human skull in front of his dick walking towards a girl and i'm like "Uh, yeah yeah and they clip to that in the in i said there's like the opening credit scene they show that in there you know how like when you're watching a tv show and if it's a new season sometimes they'll edit in like scenes that from shows you haven't seen yet that's one of the things in the opening credit sequence that they thought everyone's going to want to see <laughs> that'll get everybody to stick around and watch the rest of the show <laughs> so it's, it's I'm actually recommending this one if you're in the mood for weird Australian Texas Chainsaw Massacre with no dialogue then this is a good one that fits that description <laughs> it's just holy shit <laughs> it's like if you're going to feed a human being to rats in the pilot episode of your TV show, I want to know what else they had planned for like future episodes. Mm. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what else to say about that one. It's well done. <laughs> it's just, I don't know what they were thinking. Oh, and apparently, because I went down the trivia route with this one after like trying to figure out why there was no dialogue, and apparently the rats did escape into like whatever, like whatever the Australian equivalent to like the BBC. They were filming it in those studios, and so then the rats escaped and were running around and causing problems with the other productions that were trying to be made at the same time. <laughs> nice. So there's like some nice normal show being made, and just rats covered in fake blood show up in the middle of the show. <laughs> the best cooking show ever. Actually, it would be. I'm not, not a huge fan of cooking shows, so I actually think that that's accurate. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. That's enough about that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I watch, which is pretty much the opposite spectrum, is uh, I rewatched the movie Big Trouble from 2002. Do you guys know this one? I saw it when it came out, but I remember very little about it other than it had a pretty amazing cast. Yeah, it's like, God, who's in it? Rene Russo, Tim Allen, Stanley Tucci, Tom Sizemore, Johnny Knoxville. Uh, what's that guy's name? Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton is in it. It's not who I was thinking of. The guy that's always a cop, he's got the mustache in it. I think I, he was a real uh, cop who got turned into an actor. Anyways, people would know him if they saw him. And then, like, so those are like the adults, and then the kids are like Ben Foster, Zoe Deschanel, and uh, DJ Qualls, and then uh, 
like Jason Lee is in it. It's the cast is fascinating, and yeah. uh, like it's one of those like weird offbeat comedy movies that I can kind of enjoy sometimes, where everybody's just acting strange and doing weird things. Uh, Dennis Farina. That's who I'm thinking of. Yep. And you skipped over Janine Garofalo, I believe. Oh. Well, it's not my fault. The cast is just too big. And Andy Richter as well. Oh, Andy Richter's really good. In it. He has dual roles. <laughs> he is like he plays like a security guard, and his he's like drinking on the job, and he's complaining about how his brother has the good job at uh, the airport. And then later, when they get to the airport, there's Andy Richter with a fake mustache on <laughs> playing the brother. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. Solid performances from all those people. Uh, Tom Sizemore and Johnny Knoxville play like these low-level criminals that are just dumb as shit, <laughs> and it's amazing. Like they go into rob a place that they are like it's a bar that they frequently go to and frequently get kicked out of. <laughs> and they decide to go rob it. They put pantyhose over their face, but they do nothing else to disguise themselves, so everybody knows who they are. <laughs> and then they can't see because of the pantyhose. It's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to tell you what the plot of the movie is. It's because it starts out just being about like, it's basically a bunch of weird people show up in town on the same day. And like Jason Lee is like a homeless guy who just happens to stumble across these guys who are doing like drug deal or not drug deals, but like illegal weapons deals. And, you know, Tim Allen's character gets involved because the Dennis Farina character is a hitman who's trying to kill the Stanley Tucci character. But, uh, Ben Foster character and the Zoe Deschanel character have their own little subplot and Tim Allen's the dad it's complicated but it's funny so people should watch it I did a terrible job of explaining it but that's not important <laughs> it is weird to try to describe that movie from what I remember but yeah it's just yeah. it's one of those ones where it's like okay so for a little while the plot is that these teenagers have this game at school where they try to shoot each other with water guns like you're assigned a name you got to find that person shoot him with a water gun that's the plot for a little while yada 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 the movie ends with tom sizemore is hanging off the back of a moving airplane holding on with one hand because he's got a nuclear bomb in the other hand and tim allen has to kick him in the face and knock him off the plane so that the bomb won't explode over populations <laughs> yeah that, I, that's that's how far this movie goes like it's absolutely crazy um but super fun i recommend even though i don't know how to describe it to you hmm. and yeah. uh yeah that's all i watched this week though so uh i watched a couple things uh watched a movie called the jigsaw murders okay uh so trying to even remember what this movie was about because it obviously uh, left a big impression with me um oh so it's la someone is murdering uh quote-unquote erotic models okay (laughs) uh and someone has dismembered one is leaving body parts and a grizzled cop has to has to figure out you know who it is that's killing him. Meanwhile, he's trying to reconnect with his estranged daughter. Guess what job she has? Sometimes she's an erotic model. 
What? I know. It blows your mind, right? Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> uh... This is one of the most obvious movies ever. Like, you, as soon as they show the the actual person who's behind it on screen, you're like, oh, that's who's doing it. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know. They don't do a, a great job of trying to hide that fact, I guess. But, like, I don't know. Part of me is like, well, it seems like they're trying to make it a mystery. But the other part of me is like, but they've made it so obvious that surely everybody knows it's this guy. So, I don't know. What the fuck's going on? Um, there is surprisingly a little amount of nudity in this movie for them all being erotic models. And there's a plot point of them. Uh, they get a clue. So this girl, this girl that gets dismembered, they find part of her leg. It's got this snake tattoo on it. Uh, they're trying to figure out like, yeah, who is this girl? They don't even know. You know, it's like 1987 or something. So there's no technology to do DNA and all that stuff very quickly. So it's good old police work trying to figure out how it, you know, who who this is. And meanwhile, this guy's partner, who's like a younger guy, is getting married. So they have the bachelor party, and someone gives him a puzzle. That you know, if you put it together, there's a naked woman on the front, and the reverse of the puzzle is her is her from behind so it's like a double sided puzzle and he realizes right before the right, right as the stripper gets there oh my god look at the front of this puzzle box this lady has a snake tattoo this is our model so they kick the stripper out tip table over to get all the beer bottles off like we have to put this puzzle together. And that's a plot point. Them trying to put this puzzle together to figure out who this model is. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, Yafet Kodo from like Alien and a bunch of other awesome 80s movies is in it as the coroner. I feel like this is a uh, I owed somebody a favor movie because he's not in it for very long. But Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's It's not a recommend. It's not a very good representation I've looked at that one a few times on like uh, i think it's on tubi or something i've looked at it it is that's where i watched it you're saying don't do it okay yeah not a recommend um uh then i watched a movie called the rental uh which is directed by davy franco james franco's little brother uh so a group of friends go uh so apparently two of them <coughs> This guy and this girl uh, had this business together. They never 100% say what even what the business was. But apparently they get some a giant amount of seed money to push their business forward. And so to celebrate, they uh, the guy and his, his... So the guy is Dan Stevens. He was in the movie The Guest, which a lot of people were fans of. Yeah, uh, he's done. He was in that Legion TV show. He's in Beauty and the Beast, live action movie. So he, him and another girl have have this business together. His brother is dating the girl that he's in the business with, and then he has a wife played by Allison Brie. So Allison Brie and Dan Stevens are together. His partner and his brother are together. It's two separate young couples. It's me trying to explain it. 
is way more complicated than just watching the movie. So that all four of them decide, let's get like a, you know, like rent a house for a weekend for a long weekend or something to celebrate that they're getting this money or whatever. Uh, they go when they get there, the guy that sort of checks them in, you know, who, who handles the booking or whatever is there. He's kind of an asshole and kind of weird. And eventually they just are kind of like, well, let's just not think about it. Let's just have a good weekend. Uh, people get drunk. Uh, apparently some people do ecstasy. I don't know. Um, and then uh, the brother goes to bed and the Allison Bree, the guy's wife, goes to bed. And during this, the two people running the company together end up having sex in the shower. Um, so, it, it, yeah, yeah, they they seem to regret it the next morning. Um, so the first half of the movie is just sort of all these relationships and figuring out how everybody, because like uh, the brother. Seems like he had a bunch of problems before and was in jail for a little bit, but he's trying to f- get his shit together. And he's like a Uber driver or something now. And, you know, his brother's got this popular company that's just got a bunch of money. And so their relationship is kind of weird. And obviously the two people in the company together have some sort of weird tension between them that they decide to act on. And, you know, it's just basically... uh looking at these relationships between all these people and how they interact with each other. Second half, uh, one of the girl, the, the, the business girl discovers that there is a micro camera hidden in the shower. And so she like freaks out and she's like, we should call the cops. But then the guy, the other guy's like, well, we can't cause we had sex in the shower. So if we call the cops, like, you know, this secret's going to come out. We should just try to get through the next night and then, you know, we'll get the fuck out of here and just not worry about it. So she thinks it's the creepy guy that's running them the house. Uh, he legit has to, someone else in the group calls him because the hot tub is not working. So he shows up drunk to like work, fix it like at night. And then they get it. He, she sh- ends up cause she doesn't like him. Shows him, she's like, I know what this is, points out the, the camera to him, and he's like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. And then, you know, a bunch of shenanigans ensue. They end up with a body, trying to figure out what they're going to end up doing with this body. And now, since it happened in the house, it's on camera, so they need to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to find this footage, get rid of it, all this stuff. And... I don't know, I guess, spoiler alert, turns out somebody's been watching them ever since they got there and uh, starts showing up slasher style and lots of shit goes down. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, okay. It has a good sort of atmosphere to it. Like I said, the first half is just sort of examining all the relationships and then all the weird shit starts happening, like in the second half of the movie. So, I don't know. So is it? You said slasher. Does it become? It becomes. It becomes around. Becomes very much a slasher. Okay. Yes. 
even oh. has a ma- even has a mask, like a weird fucked up mask and stuff. So it's almost like a cross between a giallo and a slasher, which they're already pretty similar anyway. But there's like you know definite weird things in giallo movies that seem to play up a little bit in this movie. So okay, yeah, I'd say worth a watch. I really enjoyed it. Um, and the only other thing I can just mention, but there's no point in going through it, is I bought a trailer, horror trailer compilation, because I love these things. Nice. And uh, AGFA, which is the American Genre Film Archive, which is a non-for-profit distribution company that's trying to archive all these weird-ass movies that, you know, will go extinct otherwise. So they put out a Blu-ray of collected horror trailers, which I'm a big fan of. And uh, so I watched that. It was a lot of fun. Lots of weird shit. So it's like about an hour and 20 minutes of just horror movie trailers. Weird shit that I've never heard of before. And then as a special feature, (laughs) there is another like hour and 20 minute uh presentation of shot on video horror trailers from like the late 80s and early 90s and that's definitely a bunch of weird shit that i've never heard of before one of them even has tom savini in it as a as jack the ripper nice (laughs) it's just a very weird compilation so if you're into horror movie trailers the agfa horror trailer show is uh definitely a recommend Lots of cool stuff on it. Apparently there's a commentary over it from some of the ACFA people. Let's check that out. Um, and I guess the only other thing I could talk about is I watched the new Superman show that's on CW. Yeah, I'm curious um, to hear your thoughts on this one. because uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, that being said, it could easily go on to shit the bed after, you know, however long. <laughs> Which uh, I think is to be expected. But I was talking with somebody else. It's refreshing to watch a show where it seems like somebody understands what Superman is. Uh, nobody's parents died in a tornado in this one. Okay. So that's already off to a good start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like because he's got... Uh, this is spinning out of all the Arrowverse shows and stuff. Uh, and as we saw in the crisis thing, there's some, some, you know, restructuring of continuity and he now has twin boys rather than just the singular son that they, uh, originally played up. Okay. Uh, they're both like 14, 15. Um, and one of them of course is like the, uh, football quarterback, you know, jock, type guy and of course the other one's a little uh depressed very emo has uh social anxiety and all that kind of stuff like an anxiety disorder and they spend a lot of the episode i mean it's very much uh sort of a family drama where he's trying to figure out um sort of what his role is in everything as you know fucking superman which i kind of enjoyed it's it's definitely a modern take on Superman where he's like, well, I have to, you know, go put out fires at nuclear reactors and shit because I'm Superman. Yeah. But then how does that conflict with me being a dad to these 
teenage boys that I'm constantly missing shit because I have to run off and save a bunch of people. Because if I don't, I mean, I'm, I'd be a really shitty superhero. But then that kind of makes me a shitty dad sometimes. So what's the, like the right balance for all that? That's interesting because that idea of like, you know, everybody deals with that in life. You have multiple responsibilities, mm. but I never really thought about Superman dealing with it. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know, I guess, spoiler, but it's the first episode of a series. So I don't know if you can spoil much, but I mean, they don't know that he's Superman. So for them, it's just, he's kind of a shitty dad. Sometimes he's just not around. His excuses are that he's always flying around, you know, being a reporter. And it's like, Oh, he couldn't catch a flight home from, you know, whatever assignment he was on. So that's why he was late today. And like all this stuff. So it's an interesting juxtaposition. They're doing some interesting things. Uh, they end up having to go back to Smallville for, you know, because they live in Metropolis. Uh, his mom is health is not doing very good. And then, you know, he shows up and he re- starts taking a look at everything and realizes uh, that Smallville is not doing very well. Like, because of, like, economic reasons. Like, a lot of companies are shutting down people people are having to sell their farms um you know lots of lot of families that he grew up with are being basically being put out of the farming business so they have nothing else to sort of go on and someone brings up a point that you know it used to be that yeah people would go off to college and then learn a bunch of stuff, and then they would bring those skills home to help their community with stuff. And so he feels a little guilty because, you know, he's Superman, so he's gone off to try to protect everybody, but then, like, his hometown has kind of fallen apart, and he hasn't really done a whole lot to uh, sort of try to fix that. So, of course, that leads to the decision that, oh, we need to move back to Smallville or whatever. He starts trying to get a little bit more involved with the community. It's just an interesting look at him trying to figure out his responsibility to everybody and dealing with that, you know, against being a dad of two kids and, you know, having a wife and sort of how that relates to everything. So it's just an interesting take on everything. I'm definitely curious to see where it goes. They come up with some interesting ideas that play out in the first episode. But like I said, it could take a wrong turn at any point because some of the CW shows do. Yeah. But it feels like they have an understanding of what a modern Superman would look like without sacrificing what makes Superman Superman, which is very refreshing after talking about the Snyder Cut earlier of how horribly Superman's been portrayed in all those movies. So... We'll see. I'm hoping I hope. Holding out hope that it's somewhat decent, but... It sounds interesting. It sounds like, you know... Yeah. Kind of a new take without abandoning the existing character, which is Mm. hard to do. Very much so. So we'll see. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. 
So next week, continuing on Kurt Russell Appreciation Month, we're going to be looking at two TV movies from 1975, The Deadly Tower and Search for the Gods. I've never seen either one of these, so this should be interesting. Yeah, The Deadly Tower is about the shooting at that college in the States. The yeah, Kent State. Is it Kent State? Okay. Yeah. Where the guy's up in the tower shooting down at them. Yeah. Kurt Russell plays the shooter, so I'm very curious about that one. It'll be an interesting look, considering, like we mentioned, he had one of these Disney movies come out <laughs> the same year. So Yeah. Doesn't sound depressing at all. No. I'm sure it'll be great. Oh, come on. It's- old school school shootings <laughs> nice to watch a movie about a school shooting where most of those people would probably be dead by now anyway because it happened a long time ago so uh. that's reassuring isn't it <laughs> sure why not um, do we want to jump into WandaVision sounds like Noah's about to die so <laughs> WandaVision uh, good episode this week yeah. Uh, got the big reveal at the end. I mean, I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about leading up to it, but a bunch of shit went crazy. I mostly just liked the song. Everybody likes the song. The song is amazing. <laughs> I was like humming it. I rewound it and just watched the song over and over again a couple times. Apparently, yeah. they've released videos of just the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to I was going to say we're going to have to just say spoilers. I don't think you can talk about anything in this episode oh. without spoiling stuff. WandaVision's uh, always spoilers. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh the scene of the kids at Agatha's house sitting on the couch mm-hmm. looking around the room is one of the best fucking things ever. Yeah. I don't the the fact that they were able to very, very quickly in this comedy environment establish a sense of danger mm-hmm. was so good. It was it was it was impressive filmmaking. Yeah. yeah so what is it they're doing? The uh, Modern Family Office type stuff. They have the yeah. office office opening, at least the office theme song in the beginning, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah, I feel like they were doing mainly a modern family thing, but I don't yeah. I didn't really watch that show, so I don't know that much about it. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same. They're doing a documentary. Oh, so yeah. It's, she, she's it's the same as The Office. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen in this episode is doing a direct take on the mom character from Modern Family. I mean, it's it's pretty on the fucking nose. It's actually yeah. some really good <laughs> impersonating yeah, I've heard that she's actually she actually responded to Elizabeth Olsen on Twitter or something, telling her how good of a job she did. So yeah, I mean she she fucking I would almost find it insulting. Be like, oh fuck, she nailed me good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's just I don't know it's a bunch of family drama stuff. I don't I don't even remember anything exciting that happened in in this section of the show. It's it's basically. All of a sudden, Wanda's suffering from severe depression. Mm. It, it seems like, I, I don't know, coming from either her fight with Vision or it's partially her just unraveling from expanding the uh, yeah. threshold of the hex. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I took it as more just exhaustion from all that. Yeah. And- the stuff starts fritzing and glitching and stuff and going back to 
different versions of what it's supposed to be and yeah uh and then yeah v- vision and darcy are hanging out at the circus for a little bit the whole circus thing i just love it I, I, don't know, I don't know why i find the circus so entertaining but i do uh, i'm really they, they mistake him for a clown which is hilarious the scene where they're trying to drive back and wanda is creating various things to prevent them from prevent oh from yeah them. or i guess maybe it's agatha we don't we don't know yeah. One or the other. But there's that moment where all of a sudden, like, Vision kind of snaps out of it. And he's like, wait, why Why the fuck am I, like, putting up with this <laughs> at all? I, I know this is bullshit and I can fly. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Even, like, mid-interview, he's doing one of those camera interviews. And he's like, what the fuck am I doing? It was a really fun way to show that he's kind of gradually regaining control of himself. I, I, I love that though. Just the, the the interview one really got to me when he's just like, "Why? Who am I talking to? Like what?" <laughs> Again, this is why the MCU casts good actors in these roles too. Because if you just had like some guy that looked good in the suit, you wouldn't be able to pull off stuff like that. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna be real fucking upset if this show ends with Vision dead again. And and I'm starting to think that's how this is going to end. Mm. It's entirely plausible. Ugh, I hate it. I, I just I love that character so much, and he deserves. I mean, this is great that they're giving him this attention and being able to like, I don't know, expound on him and Wanda's relationship a little bit and that kind of stuff. But Vision should really have a movie. Vision should have gotten a movie for his origin story. That whole thing shouldn't have been forced into another movie that already had too many plots. Well, I mean, I think it was okay doing it in that, in the in Age of Ultron, but maybe, yeah, I, I think the other plots should have gone away in favor of just Ultron and just the whole Vision thing. Sure, I mean, yeah, if you had just focused on those two, fine. Right. But there was yeah. too much going on in that movie. There was way too much. Yeah. Yeah, that almost needed like two separate movies to figure all that shit out. Um, Oh, Monica. Monica forces her way back into Westview. Yeah. Um, Oh, and has superpowers. Has superpowers. She can see energy or something, which from what I've heard is one of her powers in the comics. Her her power set in the comic book's weird. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, the, and then the big reveal is, yeah, it, it turns out Agnes is actually at uh, Agatha, which we've been talking about all season. Yeah, right. It's one of those things and, where it's like, uh, I don't even know who Agatha Harkness is from the comics, but I knew yeah. that character was Agatha Harkness. So. <laughs> yeah, that's from, that's from sitting around me and Brian. Everybody. Yeah, pretty much. Well, no, like don't take credit for it. Everybody fucking knew. Again, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Yeah, but so yeah, the big reveal, it's been she's been kind of controlling everything this whole time. Cut to one of the catchiest uh, little uh, intro intro songs ever. And then just flashbacks of all some of the big events that have happened in the series so far and how she was actually behind it. Uh, One of the best things in the world. And we get a, a little glimpse of the Darkhold. Yeah. 
Which so was an interesting, it. of all the things I could have predicted in, in this show, that was not one I was prepared for. So explain what the Darkhold is for Doug. Yeah. Uh, so the Darkhold is essentially the Marvel's version of, like, the Necronomicon. It's like the evilest evil book that's ever been eviled. Okay. And it, it can, it it has the ability of plot. Okay. So whatever... Whatever the story calls for the All Dark the, Hole to be able to do, it can do that. Yeah. Anybody anybody who's magic in the Marvel Universe is... They use the term magic to just mean... Can do anything if as necessary. Or... Right. Or well, the limits I would, of their power. If it's convenient plot-wise for them to be limited in their power, that will also happen. Yeah. I would I would argue that in, in Marvel, especially specifically, magic refers to anything that involves interdimensional energy that's kind of sure their, but they can use that thing. interdimensional energy to do yeah but, but there is the question of is agents of shield canon or not mm-hmm. because originally it was canon and then they kind of like let them do their own thing after a while but they've yeah. never explicitly said it's not canon right and yeah. in the Darkhold showed up in that TV series. And the last time we saw it, Robbie Reyes, a.k.a. Uh, Car Ghost Rider, uh, took the Darkhold into one of the Hell Dimensions. Mm-hmm. Which then raises the question of how did Agatha come by it? And if it's in a Hell Dimension, that's another connection possibly to Mephisto. I yeah. felt that possibly just going down those stairs into that basement made you go into a hell dimension. Can't really back that up, but it's just the feeling I had when they were going down there. Oh, yeah. Even if it's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but who knows? There's, there's so many fucking magical characters that who fucking knows? That's the thing. I think predicting this show, like, is kind of... It's not a good use of your time, necessarily, because <laughs> they'll do whatever they want. Unless you have some sort of insider knowledge, you might not be able to guess. Yeah, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say one of the interesting things of the Darkhold is the Darkhold showed up in Agents of Shield, and it was also a plot device in Runaways, one of the Hulu shows. Mm-hmm. Which that's kind of interesting, especially because the design of the book they all went kind of comic book accurate, so it looks the same. Yeah. In all three versions, which could mean it is the same, which well, that would tie the blue shows back in. And uh, the Agents of Shield one literally says Darkhold on the front of it. Yeah, so did so did the one in Runaways. Oh, and I think well, so did the one in this. I don't think so. I thought this one looked ri- more like a face. It's written in that weird script. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah, doesn't matter. I mean, it's almost certainly got to be the Darkhold. I can't think of another book of Other any import. So. Yeah. Well, in Marvel, that's the only like magic book that's of any ongoing importance. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't think of another one that made recurring pop-ups or anything. But we'll see. What a. I mean, it wasn't really a twist, but Snoopers be snooping. <laughs> Did you guys watch the uh, video that I sent you? No. Uh, no. So usually, me and Amanda watch like some. Uh, Easter egg videos afterwards on YouTube. Yeah, me too. Just because, you know, she's not, uh, 
she's not well versed in all of them and you know there's some shit that i don't even know so um so we watched one and the review wasn't actually good but the opening of it was actually pretty hilarious because it shows him watching like the very end of you know during the the it was agatha all along whole uh song or whatever and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, we knew that, we knew that, not, not a surprise, not a surprise, and he's just kind of bored with the whole thing, and then it gets to the part where she's like, oh, and I killed Sparky too, and he's like, you bitch, like <laughs> super bad. <laughs> I did. I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest. That that moment, I was like, oh, that was dark. <laughs> she says such a smile on her face. Well, and especially because it is a comedy beat in the show. Like, I was like, man, Marvel doesn't usually make jokes quite that uh, off-color. You know what I mean? They do now. It gets back to my point of, like, what do I always say? I love that they got the fucking balls to just do shit like that. (laughs) Why not? Yeah. So, fantastic. This one did have a mid-credits. Mid-credits sequence doesn't really do much other than uh, Monica also discovers (laughs) Agatha's creepy magic basement and uh just before she can go down quicksilver shows up and tells her snooper's gonna snoop and then that's it so it was a good so, episode it was fun so who do you think he is i don't know yet don't know i still can't figure it out i'm like because you know you know he's going to be someone else too I yeah or is he some weird construct made up of Yada yada yada. That's why he doesn't look right. I don't know. I wouldn't. I would almost think maybe he's Wonder Man mm. because that would be a pretty funny meta joke. Because Wonder Man's an actor. Yeah. Yeah. I always heard Nathan uh, Fillion wanted to play Wonder Man. Well, they actually did a bunch of cameo stuff with him for one movie where Get they had. Out. Yeah, where they had Wonder Man posters with Nathan Fillion, and they got cut. Mm. And I don't think they've ever given an official reason for that, so I'm assuming that means they decided that they wanted to use Wonder Man, and that they weren't going to cast Nathan Fillion for it. Which is bullshit, because they said cast Nathan Fillion for anything he wants to do. Yeah, but there are, that might just also be they don't want to be committed to Nathan Fillion for it. doesn't necessarily I, mean he's not necessarily going to get it. My problem is, despite the fact that I love Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion would have been a great Wonder Man ten years ago. Oh, for sure. He is aging, which is a problem. <laughs> That's a, it's yeah. a problem for everybody, but yeah. Well, and I don't know how he is, but on Castle for a while, he had uh, he had put on a few. Yeah, he wasn't looking very superhero-y. Yeah, it's all part of the aging process. Right. I'm not yeah. saying it's bad. Just saying. Still disappointed we never got a uh, Green Lantern movie with him playing Hal Jordan. Would have been better than what we did get. Um, I would argue of all of them, that's the one they might be able to do. Yeah, I feel like he's too old. No, because, well, here's the thing. So Hal Jordan is great, Mm -hmm. but because of the way Green Lantern works, you need to get Hal Jordan out of the fucking way. Because there's way too many other Green Lanterns that you have to get to. Sure. So you could bring him in. Then he's old Hal Jordan. 
maybe start with him already having have been a Green Lantern for a while, you know? Yeah. And then you can move on and do all the Kyle and... Well, there's also rumors for a while, which is, I also wanted this to happen, but <laughs> that him and Alan Tudyk would do like a Booster Gold Blue Beetle series or show or movie or whatever with uh, Nathan Fillion as Booster and then Alan Tudyk would play Blue Beetle. That would be really good. I also thought it would be really funny to have uh, Zach Braff and God damn it, who's the, who's the blonde dude that looks exactly like Zach Braff? Uh, uh, blonde Zach Braff. Fuck, he, no people. No people make jokes about it all the time. Hold on, Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard. Yeah, okay. Zach Braff and Dax Shepard be. <laughs> People don't make jokes about those two looking the same. Dude, they look a lot alike. You're entitled to your opinion whether they look alike, but factually speaking, people don't make jokes about that all the time. You are, you can't you be are, expected to know that. You are in fucking correct. Uh, nobody knew that the show would end because Noah and Doug got into an argument about if the Dax Shepard looks like Zach Braff. <laughs> He, just, he says it like as if the rest of us are oh yeah you know they're right we are always making those jokes no. no one is I've never heard that joke before I've never heard anyone make that comparison before to be fair I was able to guess it pretty easily yeah but you've known Noah for a while now and that does things to you <laughs> uh, I mean uh, if you if you just type in Zach Braff the first thing that pops up is Zach Braff, Dax Shepard, face swap. They look identical. No, that's what happens on your phone because you spend too much time doing that. <laughs> that's different. It is one of the first searches is Zach Braff, Dax Shepard. Yeah. And on Conan, they were, uh, Dax Shepard was on Conan and Conan put up pictures of Dax Shepard and Zach Braff, some of them with the face swapped and some of them not, and had Dax Shepard try to guess which ones were real. And even Dax Shepard got them wrong. What show was he on? Conan. Conan the Barbarian has his show? Yes, Conan. Sorry, Conan. (laughs) Trust me, I would much rather watch a Conan the Barbarian talk show. I think it would be great. I, I apologize for my lack of emphasis on the correct part of the name. The wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable? And, and exactly. Yeah. The uh, epitome of hyperbole. Exactly. Um, so, two episodes left. Any predictions? No, I'm not going there. I don't want to be in... <laughs> it's too hard. They're doing too much shit, man. I was going to... I think the, the predictions I had made have all kind of come to pass. And now we're in uncharted water for the last two episodes. Uh, my guess is Dr. Strange has to come and unfuck everything. I mean, that makes sense, but yeah, cause she said she's going to be in the next movie or whatever. I just feel like there's, there's but clues for him, maybe showing up to help unfuck everything before they like move on. If, to that story. if him and her had like a, a bit of a standoff at the end where it's like magic versus magic. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting because even though Agatha kind of revealed herself as being bad, she didn't come off uh super villainy. Yeah. 
So I don't I don't know. I don't know what that means. I feel like that kind of gives the impression that she's got that there's still an end game kind of thing that we aren't aware of. Well, she did kill Sparky. That seems very super villain. <laughs> I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> that, that bitch. <laughs> she was so happy about killing that dog. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, what the fuck else was I going to say? Yeah, I don't remember. It's uh, it's been a good ride. I'm excited to see how it goes. I learned that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is only six episodes, so that's kind of a bummer. But I wonder if they're going to be like hour long episodes. So maybe that'll be better. I think either way, there'll be more action oriented episodes. For sure. I think when you have a more action oriented show, you don't want it to be as long, because it starts to get a little more boring. I feel like that one that one might have more shit to get done in six episodes than WandaVision had to get done in nine. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. Because I mean they've said basically that show is going to end with the crowning of the new Captain America. Yeah. So I think the show has to go through the paces of showing, okay, this is why this person would be a good one and this is why they can't do the job, you know. It turns out it's neither it's neither Falcon nor Winter Soldier. It's a surprise third entrant. Just some other guy. Could be. Yeah. I'm wondering if so. I which version of uh, uh, God damn it, uh, U.S. Agent are they doing? Uh, John Hammond, from what I've read. Okay, so they're not doing the crazy one who actually changes his name to Steve Rogers and forces his friend to change his name to Bucky. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. I'm kind of hoping he shows up because that character is actually really interesting. The fact that I mean, he's just yeah. like an unstable fanboy. I mean, they could merge the two. Still do it that way, I guess. Yeah, he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um, have you seen the picture? Have you seen any pictures from Falcon and Winter Soldier? Little bits here and there. Showing Zemo with the mask, which I'm super excited about. It's about time. That guy was a villain for too long without a mask, even though it was only one movie. I'm like, no, no, no. Get your fucking mask on if you're going to be a villain. (laughs) Oh, I said John Hammond. It's John Walker. Okay. And hey, guess who's playing him? Fits into our theme for this month. Jack Shepard. Wyatt Russell, Russell, Kurt Russell's son, is playing him. See, it all comes back. You're so proud of yourself acting like this makes sense. Yeah, I played it this way. (laughs) it was me Uh, it was me the whole time it was me all along I'm thinking we gotta end the show on the on the Agatha theme that's just how it goes I'm in favor of that (laughs) please don't sue us Disney Everything has gone wrong. 
Sparky, too. <laughs> I was ignoring you guys there for a little while and flipping through my phone, and I think I just found out that I can watch that Superman show for free. So. Nice. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I can. It's it's on CW, right? Like yeah. everything else? Yeah, just watch it on the CW app. Yeah, they usually put that shit up the next day on the CW app, which is free. So. Yeah, I think that's what they... This- TV station that broadcasts it over here, I believe, is putting it up for free too. That's why I found. Nice. Yeah, I'd be interested in somebody else's viewpoint on it because I mean, like I watch all the Arrowverse shows, even though some of them I probably should have stopped watching because I just I've gotten bored with them. But um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. So I'm so I got so far behind on them. They they started doing a couple of the things I hate. And they just, I don't know, they just ruin shows. The will they, won't they's just have to fucking stop. Like, yeah. I I don't get why TV shows still think that you can do that for fucking five seasons and it doesn't start pissing everyone off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. I don't care about Oliver and Felicity. I don't fucking care. They ruined the whole fucking show with it. They just... <laughs> buried all of the good plot lines in favor of another stupid fucking they're getting together and then they break up again. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean like the Flash has been doing that still. Right. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm with you. There's some shit where I'm just like, oh my god. And then, you know some of the characters I do like, the the actors announce like, oh well I'm stepping away from the show so then they come back like maybe once every five episodes or something, and I'm like, God damn it! Yeah, I hate, I hate when actors sign up for like a big part like that, and then they don't want to keep doing it. And you're like, you knew the deal. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean. Yeah, Batwoman's been the worst because fucking Ruby Rose just fucked, fucked everybody over. So yeah, I saw you. I saw you bitching about that. Ugh. I wasn't a big fan of the Batwoman show to begin with. I mean, I didn't mind it. It wasn't great, but I mean. It, had its moments but now they've had to like fucking try to refix everything but you know I feel like they are just trying to shoehorn all this stuff in so they can just get back to what they originally were going to do before she quit right and it's like well but you got a whole new character well then the thing the thing that makes it worse is now I keep coming across these shows that are so fucking like Doom Patrol Doom Patrol is so fucking good it's going to fuck up my ability to enjoy other superhero stuff. Sure. Because I'm going to watch these other shows and be like, meh. Yeah. It's no, (laughs) this is no Admiral Whiskers episode. (laughs) I can't, I can't listen to Brendan Fraser say the word fuck like a billion times in an episode on CW. I really liked the holy shit thing (laughs) where he says holy shit like 12 times in a row. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> uh, so good. We got to get Doug onto the show. Got to get that Doom Patrol, Doug. if I can stream that up here. Shit, I think it's only what two seasons, so it's like maybe twenty-six episodes. I've been looking for something new to watch. Yeah. It's 
It's it really good, and I think it's entertaining enough in its own way that you don't have to get all of the random character references to fucking enjoy it. Yeah, it's just a collection of misfits, which makes it even better. Oh, Although the best thing is, whenever you watch it, you will come across a character, and you're like, that's not a character. And you type it into Google, and you'll be like, oh, fuck, that's a, that was a real person. Somebody did that. <laughs> oh, I, that never happens. I, I understand. <laughs> so like I don't read comics. I don't need to know if they're they're from the comics or not. Well, no, but even if like I, oh shit, it's on a service I don't get. Yeah, is it well, HBO if, there as well? It's Crave here, so that's they oh. think they have the rights to HBO and yeah. most HBO stuff. I have to figure out how to steal that because I'm not paying for Crave. Because so. <laughs> you do another free trial. Maybe I could figure it away. Try to binge through two seasons real quick. And then Harley Quinn, if you still got time left. Yeah, I don't know if Harley Quinn's on there, too. I still want to watch the Watchmen on the HBO series, too. Oh, yeah. That's another one that's on my list. Everybody kept telling me how good it was. I watched the first episode, and then Amanda fell asleep during it. And when she does that, I have to, like... Well, we're going to have to rewatch like the last half of the last episode. And so then we never get around to doing it. So I never got around to finishing it. So I may just watch it without her. I don't know. Like I tell everybody making the the only thing that makes me nervous is making an addendum to a piece of Alan Moore is a bad idea in general. Mm -hmm. Because everything Alan Moore does is great because of his magical space wizard powers. Yeah, I've heard it's really good too from people that I yeah. would somewhat trust. So that's my thing is I just keep hearing it's good. So even though like I agree with what you're saying, it's not a great idea when I hear it. But if it turns out good, then I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure it is. I mean, it, because I've heard it from both people. I've heard it from people who are comic book fans that it's good, and I've heard it from people who don't know jack shit about comic books that it's good. So that's usually a pretty solid sign that they got something right. Yeah. yeah. Then, and then the other good thing is they made the conscious decision afterwards, especially after Damon Lindelof said he was done, not to do another season, just to let it be its own standalone thing and not try to push it and keep keep something going with it since it became, you know, pretty popular. Good. Hopefully, that means it doesn't cliffhanger at the end of the first season. Now, from what I from I mean, what I've heard, it's. Pretty self-contained. I think HBO did want Lindelof to come back to do another season, but he was like, nah, I think I'm good. And then they thought about it, and they're like, yeah, maybe we maybe we just won't do another season. Just let it be a one-off. So, That's reassuring. Yeah, no, don't know. Maybe I'll start watching that this week. We'll see. 